what the hell is that? Santa Maria! <laughs> I'll believe it if one of you friends and neighbors here comes Gundam. everyone welcome back to uh, gundam at mahq this is uh, one of your hosts neo and always i'm joined here with uh, Soulbro and chris the saga continues chris are you there no he's not unfortunately folks yes uh, we we received a kind of a cryptic email this morning on like a sec- it was one of those security emails where you can only kind of view them once mm-hmm. put in like a password and, and we got it and it just said me dennis Ubekistan and <laughs> Ubekistan. You Becky, 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 Stan, Stan. <laughs> I was like, hmm, okay. But yes, uh, Chris will not be joining us on this one. He's on location embedded in, in Ubekistan somewhere with uh, Dennis. So that means, uh, that means bar hopping, basically, is what nice. that means. So in his place, uh, we thought we were going to bring in, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe Destiny Gundam or or the old defender of Destiny himself. But uh, um, no, we, we, we didn't want to bore you guys to death. So uh, we brought in we brought in the uh, the, uh, the the reserve driver, the, the third driver. If this was a Formula One team, he's now <laughs> the third driver. And that's old Dolo. Dolo, say hello to all the folks out there. Hi, everybody. Well, it's good to be back. Oh, oh yeah. All right. And uh, this is episode uh, 123. And in this episode, we're going to have some two topics here. And, and the first one is going to be a follow-up interview that Dolo was able to secure, uh, I believe, yesterday with uh, Stephanie Shea to uh, talking with her about her Kickstarter program, about a web series that she's a part of called uh, Hollow Ship. So uh, definitely check that out. And then the next one here is it's, it's going to be based on the, the post that I did a couple, uh, couple days ago about um you know everybody knows my fear of robot rebellion is uh you know it's it's well documented and i want to hear <laughs> some of the listeners thoughts of some of the things they're afraid of and, and maybe even uh Solbro and uh, dolo himself so when we get to that we'll definitely go into there but um before we begin uh we're going to do some news so uh guys anything that you have before we go into some newest listeners submitted news articles no i'm solid i'm, I'm excited about the news man there's been a lot of uh crazy news this week out of news. Dolo, anything on, on your front mm. now? Nah, okay. Nah. Let's just go uh, straight to that news, man. 
This is the way I like to start the news. And like I said, this is uh, coming from the Larry King Memorial Studio. This is Neo's Listener Submitted News. Oh, and always, you can put the articles in the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mechatalk forum. And this first one, this is the way I like to start it. Rodimus 76 came up with this. And this is coming from the Geek Tyrant. And this is Survey News. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie that will kill millions of childhoods. <laughs> With the millions! Uh, next year when it's released. Well, guess what? The title has been confirmed. Oh. Yes. And it's gonna be called Ninja Turtles. Oh! Oh, shit. Where's the teenage? Where's the What is going on? <laughs> Shocking. Yes, yes. So, I'm sure... A lot of childhoods were killed when they read this article. So, um, uh, yes, it's now going to be. I am expecting a lot of people claiming that they're that they're butchering it and they're trying to go for the the Dark Knight Rises, where they're trying to make it edgier and darker. Now, well, it's just just because it doesn't have teenage in it. Well, maybe (laughs) maybe they're pubescent. I don't know. Who knows? But thanks, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Next one here comes from Arbiter Gundam. And this is non-Macross news. Oh, hold out. Non-Macross news. And this is coming from Wired.com. And this is a a well-known website, so it needs to watch out because I am known as the killer of websites. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> it's some lands I am called the one who kills the interweb. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Gnoda. <laughs> I think there was a couple of them too. <laughs> so too. But uh, this one, Iron Man three. Anybody hear about this movie? It's some movie that's coming out this uh, this summer. Uh, I don't know about a guy who's Iron. It's, I guess it's the third one. I am Iron Man. Well, it's gonna get smell enhanced screenings in what? Japan. Ooh, yeah. So if you watch this in 3D, would it be 4D? Like you do like at, what is it, uh, Shrek <laughs> at Universal? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it says here that Japan is getting Iron Man 3 and Smell-O-Vision. It's not actually called Smell-O-Vision. That's so last century. But according to the Hollywood Reporter, the film will be shown in a theater in Nagoya in 4DX. The fourth dimension experience will offer wind, fog, tilting seats, and odor effects. It's unclear exactly what the su- smells themselves will be, but if Tony smells like his diesel-made Udu, Udu well, <laughs> why is that? It wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Yeah, but do you really want to smell him after you've been sitting in the Iron Man suit for a couple of days? Not exactly something I want to see there. Uh, the odor-enhanced screenings, which will begin later this month in the central Japan town, will cost an additional 1,300 yen, which is about $13 on top of the regular 3D prices. An additional to $10 if you're just doing it for 2D screenings. But then wouldn't those 2D just be 3D? That's confusing, right? If you, do, <laughs> if you add... See, this is like, I want smell-o-vision added to my 3D viewing, so that's 4D now. Now my 2D is going to be 3D, but it's really not 3D as we think of 3D, right? I mean, you guys see what I'm saying here? It's, it's uh, uh, My brain's starting to hurt right now. Yeah. As they said in Clue, 1 plus 2 plus 2 plus 3. <laughs> and it says here, the fourth dimension system is currently in theaters in Thailand, Russia, Mexico, Israel, China, South Korea, and a few South American countries. And it's slated to come to the U.S. later this year. My question to you, Solbro. 
would you pay the extra money to smell what Iron Man is cooking? <laughs> First <laughs> off, I never want to smell my movies. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, and, uh, no, it's I wouldn't not necessarily just the smell, but it'd be like the wind and mm-hmm. they say in here tilting seats. So, you know, would that be something of interest to you? <laughs> no, not at all. I, 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 3D is already a stretch for me, and uh, <laughs> it took me a while to get used to that. I don't know if I can handle uh, 52. <laughs> so- <laughs> I don't know if I can handle all the uh, all my uh, the sensory overload that these movies will require. Oh, Dolo, what do you think? I think it would just be it way doesn't too distracting. Matter what you think? No. <laughs> I think it'd just oh. be way too distracting to do a 4D movie. I mean, 3D is good enough. That's all you need at this point. Have you guys done I, a Shrek 4D at Universal? I've done it, and uh, it, it was it was uh, weird, huh? I. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess with anything, it probably would depend on the movie, you know. So yeah. you, you definitely wouldn't want something in a swamp, <laughs> you know. <laughs> definitely not. I don't want something that you know done in a swamp there. So um, or, or at a garbage at a, at a <laughs> on a garbage barge or something like that. Yeah, what was that? Um, what was that '80s movie with um, oh, Charlie? Was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, garbage. <laughs> <movie. laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't you'd want that one. No, oh, no. Day. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. Arbiter Gundam, for your non-Macross news. Next one here. Oh, Rodimus76, you are just knocking out of the park. More survey news, but this is just blasphemous survey news because I heard it's been recanted. But I'll share it anyways. Saying at Michael Bay, survey, the, the only thing that's good in Hollywood, he's apologizing for Armageddon. <laughs> Why would he apologize for Armageddon? My apology okay. would be would be including Aerosmith and Ben Affleck. That's about it. But um, <laughs> Ben Affleck has an Oscar. I shit you not. Yeah, he does. Well, a lot of people have Oscars. <laughs> the <laughs> artist point, has an Oscar, and uh, yeah, that <laughs> uh, No Country for Old Men has an Oscar. On Silverwood. Yes, it's, it's survey was saying, I apologize for Armageddon. We had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks. It was a massive undertaking. That was not fair to the movie. I would redo the entire third act if I could. But the studio literally took the movie away from us. It was terrible. My visual effects supervisor had a nervous breakdown. So I have to be in charge of that. I called James Cameron and asked, quote, within a quote, why do you... What do you do when you're doing all the effects yourself, unquote, unquote? But the movie did (laughs) just fine. So he's saying that he could have made an awesome movie even more awesomer. So that's even better right there. So So. in this case, which I don't think he should apologize for Armageddon. I think it's a good movie. But uh, the fact is that he essentially had everything against him, and yet he he put out an awesome movie. Yes. (laughs) So he wasn't even trying. That's that's Uh, the amazing thing about that. Shows us why he's the best. (laughs) Did you see you see at the bottom of the article, the next article? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> yeah, because he kind of like he redid it again. He was yeah. like, it's it, it was kind of taken out of context. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but uh, and thank you, Mr. Rodimus seventy six and Rodimus seventy six follows up with another one, but it's just the posting of the new Thor two trailer, which is very dreamy because it's got. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad when I'm just sitting there and I'm like watching it and I'm like, wow. <laughs> You know, I, I can't count how many Kevin Smith. <laughs> I can't count how many women actually squeed uh, about uh, Tom Hiddleston in that movie too. When he shows up at the end as, Th- as Loki, oh. I was like, really? 
the only thing that the only thing that would just send women into mad hysteria would be putting uh, Shannon Tatum as uh, Magic Mike in Asgard, and uh, that guy from True Blood that all the women love. I don't know his name. Oh, Eric. That, oh, of course. I, yeah, I, what you know the one I'm talking about? It's yeah, the, one that, the, uh, the tall guy. Uh, it's always faffing over too. Yeah, forget uh, 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 Skarsgård. Um, yeah, his last, I forget Alexander his last name. Skarsgård or Alexander something? Skarsgård. You got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I would not. <laughs> that's one of those things where it's a little too much estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might get lucky, but then you may be torn apart, too. So, <laughs> I don't think you want to do that. And once again, Rodimus76 hits us up with another story here. And this is pretty interesting because I had heard about this this week. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, um, it's actually an article. And it's still parlayed perfectly into some more Marvel news from the Thor 2 trailer. Oh, by the way, I, I saw the trailer. And I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, the movie I- looks good. Yeah, it got me pretty excited. Uh, um, if anything, um, I like the the battle scenes they show in the trailer, and it looks like it's on a bigger scale than the first uh, than the first film. So um, it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, this next one, and uh, this is coming from the Critiques for Geeks website, and it says, and I'm sure people have known this, Marvel Studios got back Daredevil. So, and I, you know, um, based on that whole thing, I think Fox has got a. It says here they were having uh, Fox is having trouble developing a second Daredevil film, and if they didn't meet the October tenth, uh, two thousand twelve deadline, then the movie rights reverted back to Marvel Disney. So that didn't happen. So uh, Daredevil's I, back. So I don't know if this actually ruins uh, future news, but uh, that's not the only property they got back. If you if you. Uh it, it, well, and, just, and it, just hold on. All right, all right no problem. No problem. But you can <laughs> ruin the news at the end. At the end. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, well, if, we might have it, a callback. Yeah. Just do, uh, just do a, a brain bookmark. And an addendum. I, it, <laughs> then, yeah, do an addendum. There you mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, yeah, okay. I mean, I think uh, personally, I think Daredevil would be better in as a companion in another movie. I don't. I never really understood this character being a lead character. He's kind of, you know, he's a lawyer by day, crime fighter by night. I mean, <laughs> and plus he's blind, so it's you know what? Uh, it, it's actually pretty interesting that this is ha- that happened because um, it, when now that Disney has it back or Marvel has it has it back, um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to actually become a movie anytime yeah. in the future. It but may they become use the character though. Yeah, they use, not the, only use the character, but it can also become a television show. Well, and, and but I, there's the positive though. Yeah, you're forgetting the bigger positive. They What's get pinned now. Yes. Because remember in the whole thing, mm-hmm. Kingpin was a Daredevil character and not a Spider-Man character. So that, Yeah, that's true. So at least they get Kingpin back. They do. I mean, if they were going to do anything with Daredevil, I hope they make it a TV show sometime they, in the they, future. They might, they might yeah. uh, try and test the waters with that new S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series yeah, that's coming out. Exactly. And, I and think that's, that's what I'm launching saying. Point and that's what I'm saying. I think, he, I think he'd be a perfect companion. Yeah. I, I don't know if that character is strong enough to be its own franchise. I, I, the thing I like about Daredevil is that he's a lawyer. And um, I, yeah. I would love to see a kind of procedural with him where, of course, he's a vigilante. But at the same time, I'd love to see the Mac Murdoch side of things where he's also dealing with cases. And, you know, of course, him being Daredevil. Law and order. Yeah, yeah, law, law and order, but with, with a, with a <laughs> superhero. I, 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 have a, I have a vision of uh, law and order and Phoenix Wright uh, by day and, and Batman Daredevil by night. 
it's just he's always been a cool character, but I just um I don't think I don't think he's uh his story would work well not, in a movie as a well as yeah. a, as well as a, a more serialized format. So I'm hoping that that's what uh, they'll end up doing with him in the future. Well, and that's what I mean. It's like I don't know if he's a movie franchise. That mm-hmm. I I just think with certain characters, you know, it was like when people were talking when Thor was announced years ago, and I was like, hmm, I I saw that as a movie. Not a huge Thor comic book fan, but to me it made sense. And, of course, we see that it is making sense. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it, it just because a character is popular doesn't necessarily mean that it would translate well for a movie franchise. And I, I think that's probably that's probably a really difficult thing that these uh, the developers have to uh, kind of figure out because it, it, it is kind of hit and miss with some of these things. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Daredevil's back. <laughs> and Rodimus76 follows up with some more news. Man, but this is <sighs> Robo Apocalypse news. Oh. And uh, this is coming from the geeklogie.com website. And there's, there's a campaign that calls for the ban of autonomous killer robots. Yes, I second that. <laughs> um, it's about, it had been announced by the Human Rights Watch, an initiative created by the campaign to stop killer robots. Guys, this here, an actual organization. I didn't start myself. Yes, and it urges policymakers to ban the development and use of autonomous robots that can kill without human intervention. In a statement, it sounds straight out of my personal diary, the guy saying here. The organization calls for the development of killer robots repulsive and the leading factor. Oh, now he's being stupid. But, um, <laughs> but yes, I second this, and I, I think I need to become part of this initiative because, um, yeah, killer robots. It's going to be bad enough to um, control the ones that are going to be um, you know, just helping us because they could always go crazy, let alone ones that are set, solely made to kill people. Not good. Read the tomes, people. Read the tomes. And write your congressman. Yes. I would like to add a movie to, a movie to the tomes, that's for sure. And I recently just saw this, and that is Screamers. Uh, hmm. I'll have to view this to see if it's worthy of the tomes. You just can't add stuff to the tomes. I am the keeper of the tomes. Well, I, I make that suggestion to you. Okay. 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 Whenever, I, whenever you get around to watching it, I will, let me know. I will bet it to see if it, if it does. And if it is scary and it makes me crap my pants when I see robots killing people, then yes, I, um, then it, it may be part of the tomes. So <laughs> I look forward to the day. Oh, yes. The next one here. And thank you, Mr. Rodimus 76 for your rapid fire thing of, of news articles there. <laughs> I always got to love it where you, you followed up with, po- you have positive news, like fun stuff like, Oh yay, we got, you know, a new Thor trailer. And then it's like, you got to just end it with killer robot news. And that's just <laughs> keeping me up. Diversity. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of diversity, we have something here from Mr. Bushido, and this is dealing with the diversity of Robotech. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Robotech, you know, the show that's better than Macross. <laughs> and uh, it's coming from the cityoffire.com website. The Robotech saga continues with Love, Live, Love, Live, Alive. Mm-hmm. And it says here, the Robotech saga continues as the celebrated characters that gained worldwide popularity in the original series will return in an exciting new adventure debuting as part of the Robotech 2 movie collection. Arriving on DVD July 23rd from Lionsgate Home Entertainment under the license of blah, blah, blah. The Robotech 2 movie collection includes the never-before-seen never before seen feature 
Love Live Alive, as well as the timeless Robotech hit movie Shadow Chronicles. Wait a minute. Timeless? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guess they didn't read our reviews on that. Uh, this uh, Lo- Love Live Alive is taking place during and after the events of Robotech the New Generation, and it's a thrilling installment in the Robotech saga that follows the adventures of Lieutenant Lance Lancer Belmont as he recounts his journey from before his first encounter with Scott Bernard to the aftermath following Admiral Rick Hunter's expedition to liberate Earth from the mysterious Inved race. So, <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So um, Another entry into the, into the Rick Hunter Chronicles. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> I guess we'll be we'll be reviewing something in the future, uh, Solbro. <laughs> maybe, oh boy. maybe the toilet will be coming back. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Hasn't been done in a while. <laughs> Two years. Ready the plunger. <laughs> <laughs> got the new got the new. You get sharpen. the bleach out while you're at it. <laughs> Pass me the Drano. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Mr. Pashido, for your submission. Next one here comes from Furious Rodimus, and this is great. It's Survey News. And oh, yes. Always always the best with the Survey News. This is coming from the <laughs> Toronto Sun. It's talking about Survey's uh, you know, Survey Day oh, in nice. uh, in Miami Dade County. Yeah, June fifth is declared Michael Bay Day. Yeah. So yeah, I, I hope that Chris will be able to uh, go down there for the festivities to uh, as as Serpe is uh, celebrated. We need him to report live from the scene. Yes. Hey. Which is today, actually. Today we're recording on Serbe Day. Uh, well, no, it's, it's still a month away June, from that. June 5th. Oh, it's June 5th. June, well, June 5th. Uh, today's just Cinco de Mayo. Who, knew, yeah. who, who knows about that, that holiday? <laughs> Shout out to my Mexican listeners. <laughs> well, that's awesome, the fact that he gets his own day. Most, most people don't even get that. Yeah. Jeez. Well, of all places, awesome. Miami, but he's only made like a thousand movies <laughs> all based in Miami. So, yes. Everyone will celebrate. Hopefully, we're recording on that day because that'll be that'll be great. So um, that, that is a, precisely a month from now. So, yes, uh, from from the day of recording. So uh, possibly yeah, you never know. Possibly, uh, Rodimus. And thank you, Mister Furious Rodimus, for your submission. Next one here comes from uh, Rodimus seventy six again, and I guess uh, it's from the Geek Tyrant website and the Studio Ghibli's mm-hmm. has a. Uh, awesome live action monster movie short. So um, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's called The Giant God Warrior Appears in Tokyo. And it fe- features a giant monster attacking Tokyo. So uh, it was directed by uh, Higuchi Shinji, who's known for the Neon Genesis Evangelion series. And uh, yeah, if you if they have a screen cap here and you look at it, it looks like an Ava. <laughs> the mo- oh, the monster out. looks kind of like an Ava. Yeah, it does. Hey, look at that. Yeah, it does. Holy look shit. Like so I haven't seen it, but I'll definitely have to check this out. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. And uh, the next one here comes from uh, Rodimus76 again. And this is from the Geek Tyrant again. Mm-hmm. And Josh Whedon, you've heard of him. You've heard of Avengers 2. It's going to be a movie that may be part of Avengers 1. Maybe mm-hmm. Whoop. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's been kind of discussed. There may be some Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch action in the next one here. And quote from Josh Whedon, I have actually finished a draft. We're in a very good place. It's an evolution. 
that goes all the way through shooting and it never stops. I've done enough shows and movies to be comfortable with that. You do come to a point where we all agree. You look for certain things, but there's a certain fluidity when you're working with Robert Downey Jr. Robert's going down to do, want to do something new on that day and you're going to do it with him. So you'll always keep yourself open. So I guess it's talking about um, basically uh, how they've uh, keeping a lot of this open. And, and uh, he's also talking a little bit about the spinoff uh, TV series called uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And he talks here that they finished the pilot with Agent Coulson is in it. Yep. So all those that thought he died, he didn't. <laughs> Samuel just uh, he just lied. <laughs> he lied yet again. <laughs> now, here's a funny thing about uh, the whole Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver thing. Um, I think it's been confirmed, but not confirmed. Um, Kevin Feige from uh, Marvel, he went on to say that... Uh, um, that uh, they do have the ability to use uh, secondary characters from the X-Men yeah. universe, um, but they can't reference characters the fact, that the are fact from... that they're mutants. Yeah, they can't yeah, reference other mutants. That... They can't reference Magneto or other characters from X-Men that are licensed by Fox, so it's kind of a slippery slope. But well, they, yeah, he, yeah. he talks about it right here. The quote is, uh, we have both of them. This is from Kevin Feige. Yeah. Quote, we have both of them. There's a specific arrangement with those two characters that will allow us to use them with Avengers, but not discuss or reference their mutant or Magneto-related lineage. Mm-hmm. They can use them as mutants and as Magneto's relatives, but they cannot have anything to do with the Avengers. So basically, if they want it, if they want them to be mutants and Magneto's relatives, they can't be in the Avengers. But if they are in the Avengers, they can't be uh, talked about being mutants or Magneto. So. Yeah. I'm good with them not being in the Avengers and just being mutants and Magneto's relatives because <laughs> uh, I, I think that's better with their story. Because then if you don't – I mean just having them as Avengers but then you don't have the fact that they're Magneto's kids kind of mm-hmm. just – it kind of robs them of certain yeah. aspects of their character exactly. development. I, I feel the same way now. If a, an arrangement could be made between Fox and Marvel to uh, to kind of like you know establish something so that you know maybe the two universes can cross over someday, um, it would be kind of cool if, if these two characters actually made a, a slight appearance in um, the next X Men movie, just you know just a cameo or something, and then they um, show up again in, of course, the Avengers and kind of show a tie between both. I know how studios work; that shit will never happen. But um, it had been it had been kind of cool between the two of them, you know, some kind it, of uh, um, you know, investment between both 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 studios to to kind of intertwine these these worlds, and it had been kind of cool to see that. But I'm not it, getting my hopes up. It, it, well, I mean, you never know because sometimes it just depends on you know. After a while, Fox may be just thinking it might be better to get some. Mm-hmm. Of the money than none of the money. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people have this defeatist attitude on that, but it's hard to say because what, now you're getting down the business and it just depends on who's running these companies. And you never know. They might just sit there and say, hey, you know, it would be beneficial for both of us. And, you know, so it's, it's happened in the past. So, but maybe, maybe Reedon will be that guy. Maybe yeah. Reedon will make a. We'll talk some sense into all of them and, and <laughs> talk sense into Fox. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, Fox did let Daredevil go, so <laughs> maybe some sense is, that, is popping off. I don't know. Well, it's, they just couldn't get it together. So I don't mm-hmm. think they did it willingly, but they just couldn't get it together. So, but uh, thank you, Mister Rodden seventy six for that. Next one here is from uh, Evil Australian Vent Noir, and he's got a link to the new Pacific Rim poster. Hell yeah! And you should just look at that and just love it. So thank you. Mr. Uh, Rodimus76 for your submission. Uh, next one here 
is from Bentoir again, and this is from the Anime News Network, and there is the Gundam Far East Japanese mangas to launch in May. The June issue of Shotokan's Shoten Sunday Super Magazine announced Thursday that they're going to launch a Mobile Suit Gundam Far East Japan, Japan manga series in the next issue on May 25th, so next uh, couple weeks here. The fifth, first chapter is going to be 55 pages long with a color opening, and uh, it's going to be done by the person that just ended uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Hunter of Black Clothes, a manga about the Z- a Zeon Ace in the One Year War. Wow, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Very original. <laughs> Zeon Ace. Um, and there's also going to be two new Gundam Seed Astray mangas that were announced, and a, Gundam's, a Gundam UC manga starring Bright Noah. Ooh, and, awesome was launched in uh, Katakana Shoten's New Type magazine, New Type Ace magazine in February. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so if you wanted some bright, I'm eating some burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me burgers. But Captain, we're out of salt. Oh, I love so, to say. <laughs> we are out of salt. Do you want the Bernie burger? Oh, uh, you don't want the Bernie burger. What are you saying? Oh. I'm just saying. uh, No, 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 no. All right. So thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for that. And uh, scanners, keep keep a lookout for those things. (laughs) 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 Next one here comes from uh, Horomaster. And it's a, he calls it a disturbing robot article. Of course. And uh, this is coming from The Verge. Oh, man. So this is, and it says here, the robots are coming, but will we love them? And uh, it says here, would you shed a tear if a robot was being tortured before your eyes? No, I would join in. (laughs) I guess uh, some uh, researcher in Germany has done two recent studies on how humans would empathize with machines. And uh, he was doing some MRI scans of a person's activity while they were seeing like a little like cute little like robot dinosaur thing dying and um yeah so yeah just read this and it's all disturbing and um i am clutching the tomes even more (laughs) thank you harlemeister because these are all going to be the collaborators freaking traitors of the human race that's how they get you exactly that's exactly (laughs) how they do they lower your defenses yes (laughs) next one here comes from rodimus 76 Again, and it's from the Critiques for Geeks website. And this is some survey news. And it's going to be maybe childhoods might be restored. There could be some that might be revived. Michael Bay says his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will not be aliens. Yes, it's been confirmed. (laughs) It revealed their origins will not be aliens. He says here that, quote, there was a quote saying that we were making... The Ninja Turtles aliens were not. It's the ooze. It's from the original source material. (laughs) These are from the original writers, and I never went out to correct myself in the press. I do listen to the fans, and I do want this to be authentic. I think we're going to be really happy with this movie. When I see the digital stuff, the turtles look great, but I'm getting away from your question. Your question was... (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that. (laughs) Just talking about how awesome this movie's going to be. So, yes... They are not going to be aliens. They're going to be turtles mutated by radioactive ooze. Like, that makes any sense. (laughs) None of this makes any sense. (laughs) Soul Bro, has part of your childhood been restored? Has it been revived? (laughs) The funny thing is, when the turtles were out, I was a teenager, so... (laughs) 
it's I, I I'm okay with it. I would I, I'll probably see this movie regardless whether they're aliens or not. Just <laughs> yeah. to it, just just to see it. Um, so you know, okay. it's funny they keep talking about Michael Bay. You know, as if he's directing the movie, he's just producing he's, it. I know. He's not even not even directing the yeah. shit. So it's like yeah. you know, he, he might be he might be putting the money behind it, but at the end of the day, man, I'm I'm listening to the screenwriters and the director yeah. and the actors in this motherfucker. Uh, I'm sorry, pardon me. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you, you, you can you can use. I enjoy. I I like hearing the passion. Yeah, no. I mean, you're right. It, it's just like it's just like the Superman movie. It's like. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Christopher Nolan's just producing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it looks great. The trailer looked great, but I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic because it's Superman, and you know, it's like it could just go bad. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I no, I hear you, and <laughs> and once again, I think a lot of this is comes from the internet because um, somebody might have just said, "Oh, I heard it was going to be aliens," and then it probably just. I spread. think it's a, I think it's a classic case of link bait. Just yeah. uh, what Chris has described, just trolling for length. So, yeah. But uh, I, I, at this point, it's just just go see the movie and judge for yourself, everybody. Well, Rodimus seventy six has some other stuff here, and he has a link to the new Pacific Rim trailer from WonderCon. And if you haven't seen that, then you're just an awful person. You're a hideous, <laughs> terrible person. Because all I'm going to say is giant robot plus oil tanker equals smash kaiju face. Yes, that's amazing. Solbro, you've seen the trailer. What did you think? I the thought I, that trailer left me quiet for two minutes. <laughs> dance? Did you do a little dance? Did you do the, the Solbro dance? All I'm going to say is oil tanker. Yes. <laughs> Dolo, I don't know if yeah. you've seen it, but I'm sure you have. Have you seen one this? Wor- one word. Amazing. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for that. Oh, and the next one here. And it, yeah, this, well, I, I already spoiled it for poor Soul Bro, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, and I, <laughs> I love it. It was like the biggest yeah, secret Rodimus that everybody, it wasn't a secret, really. Yes, I love how Rodimus76 has on here spoilers, duh, identity of. Benedict Cumberbatch's character on Star Trek Revealed. And this is coming from the Geek Tyrant. And I had heard this because they did the international release. Well, who do you think old Benedict Cumberbatch is? I know they say he's Jonathan Harrison. John Harrison. John Harrison, yeah. What do you think? Harry Mudd. Uh, <laughs> those uh, old Gary Gons in Deep Space Nine. Gary Mitchell. Gary Mitchell. Uh, John Luke Picard. John <laughs> from the future. I'm from the other from, side of the from world. The future, indeed. Yes. Indeed. That was my uh, speculation. And of course I found out I was wrong. I well, was wrong. He's gonna be and if you don't if you haven't seen the movie yet, if you're in the US and you haven't seen the movie yet, because it's still it's still like another week and a half before it comes out, then you might just want to fast forward to this part. But all I'm gonna say is Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and now the no. action to this is why all the denial <laughs> for two years? <laughs> I just kind of don't understand. Like, it seems kind of dumb in the end. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. It, well, it just... a- Abrams is real precious with his uh with with his with with his twists and turns, and he always likes to like use. No, I, I mean you like... know they're coming. <laughs> well, it's not even that. Every, when when this was announced mm-hmm. after the first movie, people kept talking about you know this is gonna be a con. 
And uh-huh. this is like, oh, it'd probably be Khan. And they kept saying for like two years, no, it's not Khan. It's not Khan. And <laughs> I was to a point that I was calling the movie Ratha Not Khan. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a con. I mean, it's he, like, is, he is a con. He is a con. <laughs> <laughs> I a note from Hayato that says, <laughs> John Harrison, he is a con. <laughs> he is a con. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know. I, I I know there's other spoilers. I didn't spoil it to Solbro because I know he he you know and and I know other people have it, so I'm not going to say anything about that. Mm-hmm. But this is not a big thing. I I don't think, but because everybody knew this, I don't <laughs> even understand how Solbro didn't know it because he's he's on the internet more than I am. <laughs> so I don't even know how he didn't get this. But <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm still going to see it. I'm just like wondering why why the denial when it just ends up being him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it would have been just cooler if you just said, it is Khan. Because I think more people would probably be like, oh, wow, it's Khan. Well, we got to see what he does. I, I, think it would have been, I think it would have been better if they kept saying it was Khan and it turned out it wasn't. <laughs> or that. that, that too. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76 here. And uh, next one here is from Wingnut. He's got more disturbing robot news. Talk. He's got a little video here talking about Japanese caregiving robots. And you watch this, and, and basically what Wingnut says, friendly and peaceful now, but in 10 years, who knows? Yes, rip your face off is what they're going to do. So uh, thank you, Mr. Wingnut, for your submission. Next one here is from an Australian, evil Australian, Bent Noir. Oh. This comes from the io9 website, and it says the top 10 essential stories about power armor. Hmm. Ooh, nice. What do you think number 10 is, guys? Uh, I've already seen it, so I'm not going to say. Oh, but. It doesn't matter. Um, Appleseed. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is uh, from from ten down. Appleseed's ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is Gundam Gundam Wing. Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it's uh, it's as they, the article here is basically they're celebrating you know suits of armor with Iron Man three, and these are the ten most essential power armor stories of all time. Rich number eight really has me boggled that why is this eight and gundam gundam wing is nine the guyver really oh, <laughs> it, it is bio booster armor but but uh. oh i'm talking about it's bad <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm, I'm looking at the story seven is warhammer 40k uh six is super metroid okay mm-hmm. uh, uh five is armor by john uh Steakley. this is the story of a grunt armor and the evasion of an alien world this military science fiction Fiction classic includes the most awesome powered armor in the universe, but it's only at number five. Number four is Halo. Once again, why is Gundam, why is Gundam so low? Uh, three is Iron Man. Uh, four is, or two is the Forever War by uh, Joe Haldeman. The story of humans stuck in an interstellar war doesn't just include realistic use of time delineation, but it also includes some really great depictions of power armor. Mm-hmm. And of course, number one, rich it should be is pretty much one of the probably the genesis of the power armor story i believe is starship troopers by rob a Heilman, Heilman, which is not not to be confused with the starship troopers movies that you know where they have no uh power armors but aside um, from that third directed uh, the video movie yeah, we don't know about that so so, thank- so so let me let me let me let me see there's no votums in this list no votums at all Wow. Well, I mean, wow. I'm hurt. 
I'm hurt. Well, I, you know, once again, I just, I don't know. And of course, this list is basically probably the opinion of the person who wrote it. Of course. But things like the Giver, really? I mean, yeah, the suit was kind of cool, but the story blows. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm thinking she's just listing things she saw. Yeah, and it's like I, I just it's like wow, you the Senate looks cool. So, but thank God there was no Miguelian <laughs> <laughs> or so MD guys. Hey, cool with Death Force is awesome. That's according, that's, according to one person out there. Nice. <laughs> so, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your uh, submission. Next one here is from Rodimus76. I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, John Williams is going to score the new Star Wars movie. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and no one is surprised. Yeah, people were saying, it's like, oh, why is he not collaborating with Michael, Michael Giacchino? Um, uh, he being J.J. Uh, Abrams, who in every movie he's done so far, he has paired up with Michael Giacchino, but um, at the end of the day, John Williams is the music of Star Wars. And yeah. as long as he is breathing, even Michael Giacchino has to be somewhere saying, yo, I don't expect you to ask me to do this film. You must be, uh, and, and you know what's though? You know what I, I believe might happen though is because because since they plan on making a Star Wars movie every year, they yeah. may have a breakdown where um, Williams does the score for the actual uh, ne- next trilogy, while the uh, the Guy Dan movies they're coming out with might be scored by different people. So mm. you, well, Michael Giacchino might get a shot in one of the um, the offshot offshoot uh, movies. So you never know, or maybe well, Williams I mean, will do them all. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it's like um, okay, um, yeah, it's exactly what you said. As long as there is breath, it's on Williams. <laughs> He would be doing Star Wars because could you imagine? I mean, the Star Wars fans bitch anyways about they'll bitch anyways about things. Can you imagine if there is a Star Wars movie without John Williams? Mm-hmm. My God, there'd be. There'd I think be, that would be a legit kind of. Uh, I think I, I think people would would be arguably okay with that, but still. Right, right. It's it's a legit legitimate gripe. I I understand that, but they bitch about everything. So yeah. they, after a while, it's like you know the sky is falling. So you just don't <laughs> listen to them after that point. But yeah, I mean there'd be there'd be a million stormtrooper uh, riot <laughs> descending on Disney Studios. <laughs> I think Mr. Bushido would call up the reserves of uh, <laughs> what, what what is uh, what's that thing called the what are they called the six o first is that what they are oh the five o first the five o first whatever yeah yeah that's what it was called. so um, yeah I think he would call up the reserves on that one <laughs> <laughs> and I think what uh, Mr. Bushido is based up in the Bay Area so he might do a quick ride over to Skywalker Ranch too. <laughs> <laughs> To uh, to uh, hang an effigy, the the flanneled one. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you for that submission. And we only have a couple more news items, but this is uh, this is good because we're going to be moving the hopers and dreamers to the um, to the end of the segment because there are no Chris equals no mailbag. So oh. we'll be doing some cleanup there. So if you're wondering when the hopers dreamers section is going to end and when the news is going to end, it'll end soon. But not till uh, we get this all done here. Um, next one here is from Rodimus76 again. I saw this trailer on YouTube because it was included with some other. It was one of those um, links where it's like anticipated movies of this year. But there's a uh, there's some movie called Abe uh, about a robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's like uh, tells the story of a twisted robot serial killer. And uh, yeah, that's uh, last thing we need is a robot serial killer. So 
you know, it, it, it's it's funny. Um, this 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 little short remind. Oh, this 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 concept for the short reminds me of. Um, uh, there's a villain. Uh, there's a manga I read um, a few years back called Pluto. It's uh from my one of my favorite manga artists. Um, um late. Uh, sorry, not Matsumoto, but uh, <laughs> Naoki Urasawa. And it's an adaptation of a storyline from Astro Boy. Well, in it, there is a robot who broke the uh, the Prime Directive, and he actually killed his master and went on a serial killing spree. He yeah. actually was caught and dismantled, and he was put into a prison where he's just like a, a just a, a laid out wreckage. But um, the main detective in the story goes to talk to him every once in a while to just find out how he ticks. And Abe looks just like that robot uh, when oh, okay. he was in his prime. So it's like, wow, that that's that's pretty uh pretty pretty uh pretty uh, a pretty close coincidence that he looks just like that robot. So oh. I, I'm kind of interested in seeing that. It almost might serve as a prequel to Pluto. So yeah, and it, and it, yeah, and it, I'm sure maybe in some way it might be actually influenced by that too so i mean that's always a possibility it makes me wonder but um yeah thank you for that just what we need robot serial killers <laughs> <laughs> well at least he went to jail this robot you were talking about yeah. because if he was like a starfleet robot and they're like yeah you broke the prime directive well if you could kind of explain why you did it and it's okay we'll let it go because you know how many times did uh captain picard and all these guys break freaking captain cisco it was like prime directive shrine directive <laughs> Screw my it, head is my head is bald and my goatee is villainous. So, <laughs> all right. Next one here comes from EA Net Dude, and uh, <laughs> he has a message to everybody and says, "Could you please stop flooding the news with stuff that isn't Gundam's Gundam's jurisdiction, i.e., Thor 2, Daredevil, Ghostbusters, just Mecha or Surveya is plenty. Throw the comic book <laughs> stuff over to Chaos Studio where it belongs." Well, I understand that, but you're wrong on this one, EA Net Dude. If it's about Thor, then yes, no problem because he's so. <laughs> dreamy <laughs> the Thor and, exception yeah the, <laughs> the Thor exception <laughs> all right but he's also got a, a link here and wow hey soul bro i know you're gonna be going to this man oh, because man. we have it over here in uh la orange county area and at the hollywood or um at universal hollywood over here transformers the ride is coming to uh uh, Universal Orlando. Mm-hmm. I, I, I heard the ride's awesome. I haven't had a chance to go to it, but I heard it's really cool. So, uh, Dolo, have you been able to go? Have you had a chance to go over there, check it out? or No. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I says, can't uh, comment on it. It says, Universal Studios has, Orlando has begun their campaign for the grand opening of Transformers The Ride. This attraction is already open in Hollywood and Singapore. The new campaign is beginning with much the same as the Hollywood did with an outline of Megatron on the Fairwinds Credit Union with a home video encounter of the Decepticons. So. <laughs> And uh, it's slated to open uh, Memorial Day weekend, so which is going to be uh, May 24th and 27th. So I'm sure if that's like I remember uh, the throngs of people for Harry Potter World, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure Universal will be very enjoyable that day. If you like standing in line and sitting there having uh, useless small talk with people in your family for hours on end. Then go to Universal during Memorial Day weekend. Especially if that small talk is with people you don't even know. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's more interesting. But uh, <laughs> you know what's wild is when they um when when they put that outline on the Fairwinds Credit Union. Oh, you seen uh, it? 
Yeah, I've seen it, okay, and uh, cool. it's it slowed down traffic on I four something fierce. Oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> it, it yeah. messed up the traffic, man. And um, yeah, I I remember seeing um a bunch of news uh news articles on uh, not news articles but news reports on the upcoming uh attraction. And there was um there's a there's a local station here in Orlando called uh, Central Florida News thirteen. It's only available on um on the cable company's uh, cable that I work for, and they showed this um this this segment on the news. Of this lady, I guess the lady was like the reporter. She was walking inside of a, um, she was walking inside of a, a parking garage. And when she was walking, I couldn't hear what she was saying because I was actually at work at the time when I was looking up at the right. TVs. And all of a sudden, I see her turn into these little eight bit blocks, and so she like transforms into this 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 Mustang and drives off. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. And if I could ever find the video on YouTube. I'd find a shit because it's just so You need to post that, yeah. I died laughing. I must have saw it like eight times that day. (laughs) Every time I got to hold myself from laughing while I was on the phone with customers. So, um, yeah, Yeah. that's my first impressions of the Transformers ride. It's that stupid Well, it's funny because you guys are getting Transformers (laughs) and Harry Potter's slated to open here sometime this year. Oh, so they finally opened a Harry Potter over there. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, Harry Potter yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be bigger than the one that's over here. I was kind of, that's the one thing about uh, the Harry Potter section that that's here is it's smaller than I expected. I, I thought well, it was going to be a little bit bigger. I mean, bigger, but. it's universal. They, they kind of do things on the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, let's man. be honest. They took uh, Dueling Dragons and just rebranded, what, Fire and Ice now? Yeah. And just took off. It's basically the same ride. Because it's, what, part of it's part of Harry Potter World, and it's basically just the same ride. They just rebadged it, basically. Yeah, they, they repurposed That's- it for, 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 for the Hogwarts. Um, it's not the, the Hogwarts ride, but it's right across from it. And, yeah, Dueling Dragons is now a part of that whole attraction. So, Which, yeah. I mean, it is a great, it's a great roller coaster. But it's just it was just done on the cheap. If you're if they're saying, oh, this is part of Harry Potter world, it's just like, well, this is just dueling dragons. Now it's iron ice. Ooh. So thank you, Mr. EA Net dude, for your submission. Uh, next one here comes from Noir, and he says Japan is making mecha for kids. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, <laughs> well, many maybe things. They'll, maybe they'll save us from you know uh, World War. Yeah, they have. Um, the Sakibara Machinery Works, they're the makers of the adult size mecha suit Landwalker, have created the Kids Walker Cyclops, the tiny, adorable terror with the board preteen shown above. Yeah. Nice. Basically, it looks like the Gurren. <laughs> it's a seven foot tall, has a claw arm and a spinning drill arm. Hmm. And uh, legs that glide rather than walk. But if you're punching a bully down from a block with a giant drill arm, who cares about the details? Oh, so, so we got we got petite mobiles for real. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, this is basically the Gurren. I mean, it's this girl, the... this girl looks like Tron Bond, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just gonna cost a hair over twenty thousand dollars. So it's like. <laughs> Well, that's. I mean, this is this is like a this is like a Camry. <laughs> like, but if you spend three hundred and eighty-seven thousand, oh, so this is like um, you know, this is like a Porsche where not, everything's an optional extra. Um, you'll get guns that shoot something called air cushion balls, which of course, if you're giving your child their own set of power armor, you might as well give them one that shoots projectiles because you're probably not worried about property damage. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So um, yeah. 
um yes it looks cool it looks yeah. cool man i i, I can't i can't i can't hey, argue with imagine, this you imagine you're a, you're a kid in japan it's christmas time you went with your family to go get some kfc you come back home and that's under the tree i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk talk about just an amazing amazing uh thing here so thank you mr vent noir evil australian bastard for your submission uh rodimus 76 here with more survey news transformers 4 kelsey grammar has been cast as the villain Hell yes so dr fraser crane is gonna sit there and be he's gonna bore will he bore you to death like he did in fraser <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I, don't, I remember trying to watch that show once and i'm like oh this is just so pretentious um yes he's gonna play a character according to a report he's gonna be playing a character named harold addinger who is described as a counterintelligence guy does that mean he's got the opposite of an intel- intelligence i don't know i have no doubt that Kramer is going to be making a ruthless villain in this movie he's going to be joining mark Wahlberg, jake raynar stanley tucci and nicola peltz so yes, you guys excited about this, Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, man. It's fine. Yeah, I'm good to see Boss get some work, man. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's, probably hasn't had to work. Fraser was on for what a million years. He played it Fraser was, Crane it, for twenty years, twenty years straight. Um, nine years, nine years on Cheers and eleven years on Fraser. So yeah, the residuals alone, he ain't got to work another day of his life. <laughs> At this point, he does he does it to keep himself busy. Yeah. He's a working actor, man. That's why I love, uh, you know, one of his best roles in in a movie that didn't that didn't that, that didn't pan out all too well was him as Beast in yeah. X Men, and I hope he comes back to reprise his role in um in the next X Men movie, man. I, I thought he was awesome as Beast. Maybe he just has to uh, do a little bit of work to to you know meet the requirements for his uh, SAG benefits or something. <laughs> probably, probably all he has to do. I mean, yeah, that that show was on for years. People love that show too. I'm a so, big fan of it too. Really, <laughs> I grew up watching it. Oh man. But, uh, thank oh. you, Rodimus76, for your submission. Next one here. Oh, remember that Robot Uprising t-shirt contest we talked about a few? I can't remember what episode it was, but it was quite a few episodes ago in the news that there was a, uh, a contest on IGN about um, a Robot Uprising t-shirt design. And, uh, yeah, so Nasty and Nate's got a link to the finalist here. And I guess there's now a vote that you can do. Of course, I don't like any of them because um, I said the best one was just the Admiral's face. And <laughs> either that or I'm waiting on it, Rygens. I'm waiting on the tide turns. Remember, remember, remember my, yeah, that would be, because this first one is basically, it says, it's like that, it's that, that old, like, 40s, 50s toy robot with the little claw arms and, you know, the blinking lights. I think they, I think somebody tried to sell this guy on Pawn Stars once. I remember seeing him there. And it says, revolution, first we rock them, then we sock them, shut their systems down. I like that catch light. I do like that. First we rock them, then we sock them, shut their systems down. I think if there's... uh, um, if there's ever a, a robot movie uprising, a movie about a robot uprising like this, maybe this would be. I could see Idris Elba saying this oh, to the indeed. resistance fighters. First, we rocked them, then we socked them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Idris, Idris Elba is now um, the Admiral's PR guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> could you imagine the Admiral saying this? Yeah. <laughs> Next one is showing, you know, that classic thing of, like, a, a person evolving from an ape. And then it shows a pile of bones with a robot in front of this. So I don't know if this is, I don't know what this means. 
But uh, very honest, some of these uh, designs look like they're pro, they're pro revolution for the robot. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because the next one has like a giant eyeball. It looks like the eyeball from Johnny Quest. <laughs> and, uh, he's got some people in the in a little like insect bottle. You know, like you you put moss in there when you're doing like a science project in in grade school. So, um, and he's doing some testing on it. So, yeah. Um, Nasty Nace says, what's my favorite? N- none of them. Like I said, Admiral, either that, a silhouette of the Admiral with the Maglite dis- killing that Cylon. Nice. That would be a good one. Or, once again, I'm waiting, Rygen's the tide turns. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, for your submission. Nasty Nate comes back again. Um Solbro, you bought the Zone Enders HD for PS3, didn't you? I did I, for um for Xbox 360, but I do own it. Oh, well, there was I guess there was a problem with it for PS3, and there's now a patch Edge, for it. From what I've heard, there was a there was a, it was across both platforms because they didn't run at 60 frames per second. They were running at 30 frames. Yeah. Wow. Oh, then so, I, need to, I need to pop the disc in so I can update the game. That's awesome. It's yeah. not coming for the 360, as far as I know. Oh, for PS3. Oh, well, I, I would just shut my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, it's just saying that. So thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate. The last one here is from Gundam Type Zero. And it is from the Anime News Network. The California Anime Convention Fanime mm-hmm. is announcing that yeah, Yoshi no, no Naka. No Naka will appear at the event on May 24th to the 27th in San Jose at the McHenry Convention Center there. So he's the mechanical designer for such things as Shin Maziger Shoken, Zihen, Dice, and Mazen Kaiser SKL original anime. So it's going to be, um, he's, uh, he's done a lot of things. He's also worked as a designer for the live action Super Sentai and Kami Raiden series. So uh, he's the head of the American division of the Bandai affiliate company Plex International Design, where he designs toys based on Power Rangers, Ben 10, and Thundercats. So anybody in the Bay Area during that time and you want to check it out, definitely check them out there. So, And uh, thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, and thank you all of the posters of the Neo's Listener Submit News articles thread. A little long news, but I wanted to kind of get everybody in there because I know a couple of times, Last couple episodes, uh, we, we kind of cut a lot of people, so I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings on this one. Plus, Chris wasn't here complaining. So, um, But uh, like I had stated earlier, the Hopers and Dreamers segment with Soul Pro uh, is going to replace the mailbag segment at the end of this episode with the mailbag coming back when Chris comes back in the next episode. So uh, we'll go into our first episode here. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Mine. Cause contrary to popular opinion, 
I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember, there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. I can't believe Game and Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Open. God damn it! Open! Prime, you said the Matrix would light our darkest hour. Magnus! I want the Matrix! Never! Welcome to Gundam at MHQ.net, and here we have a special segment for you to bring to you live from the various parts of the internet. Welcome, Stephanie Shea, back to Gundam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Well, we're happy to have you back, and we're happy to talk to you today. Unfortunately, everybody, uh, there have been problems uh, here and there, so unfortunately I will be the only one hosting this segment, but I hope you won't get too annoyed by my voice. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) But uh, given the fact that we are here today with Stephanie, we're going to be talking about a little project that she mentioned the last time we interviewed her, and that is the uh, the Kickstarter show, Hollow Ship. So yep. so I will turn it over to Stephanie just to get a little bit of a, pre- a premise. So Stephanie, just so we uh, we start from basics, would you mind explaining what Hollow Ship is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it's a web series that my friends Curtis and Helen wrote, um, and it's Hollow spelled H-O-L-L-O-W. If you do a search on Kickstarter, it's two words, Hollow Ship. And the idea is... Um, well, the idea of the show, the premise of the show is, uh, you know how in Star Trek you have a hollow deck, um, and instead of just having a hollow deck, this entire ship is has a interface that allows all of the uh, interactions with the ship to be holograms. Um, so you, instead of having to build buttons, you uh, project a hologram, and you it, you can look like whatever you need to 
whatever it needs to look like or whatever you need to interact with. So that is how this very unique ship, spaceship, is uh, run and controlled. And of course, as things happen, um, it is flying through, I believe it's an asteroid field, um, and there's some interference, and the program that runs all the holograms breaks down, and it's stuck on the very last program that was running, which was 21st Century Los Angeles. So um, we're all aboard this ship, and we're trying to figure out what is what, you know, like if we walk into a bar, is this engineering, you know, and things like that. Um, and then we have to kind of also... All the crew on the ship, they're all new. Um, all of the old crew mysteriously got transferred elsewhere. So the entire crew is new. So the captain is spending like the first few episodes kind of trying to figure out who's actually part of the crew and who is a hologram in the program. Um, and it's it's really interesting. The web series, all of the episodes for the first season have been written. And we are just doing kind of like a like a pilot sizzle reel type of thing, you know, like an episode zero zero to see how how it is received and to see if we can develop this into an actual series. It's more like a sitcom. It's like a sci-fi sitcom. I was going to I was going to say it sounds a little bit like the comedic episodes from Star Trek Next Generation. It's totally comedic. It's um, it's totally comedic. Um, so now we're just uh, we have our Kickstarter to raise money to. Uh, to uh, get a lot of the post-production. Um, because everything was shot on a green screen, we now have to put special effects in, and you know how it is in like, sci-fi, we want it to look good. So that's why we're, uh, we're trying to raise money to do that. Um, we did shoot it already, so there is footage. Um, and it, that was a really fun time. We shot it like a few months ago. Um, and I really just hope, I just really hope it gets made because I've read all of the scripts for the first season and it's really funny to me. And I'm also in it. So I, I helped produce it, which means I helped kind of organize and beg for favors and, you know, uh, get people to donate their time and energy. Um, and also put up my own money to help make it. Um, but, uh, I'm also in it. I play the security officer aboard the ship. So she, you know, kicks butt first, asks questions later, very stoic kind of um, militant type of character. so mm, Something different than what you normally would play, which is... Uh, oh, <laughs> normally I'm cute girls, right? I'm not like tough girls, so... Yeah, so it would give you a chance to actually have some more or less on-screen on time with the camera, the sail lace. <laughs> yeah, I don't get to do a lot of on-camera stuff, so I get to do it in this, and that's really fun. Um, I met a lot of the people in the cast through an ongoing acting class in Los Angeles. So given the fact that uh, since we're on that subject of talking to, about some of the cast in, in, in the show, would you mind like highlighting uh, some of them, please? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, that uh, our audience will understand uh, who's on this show. <laughs> well, the people, I mean, they're going to, they're not going to be people that like, you know, they don't do voiceover. So you're not going to be familiar with them in that regards, but we got um, this woman named Mary Lou Belly, and she uh, she's actually a Emmy-winning uh, sitcom director. She's directed a bunch of stuff, um, and she's working all the time. Um, she also like she's been directing for like over twenty years, all the way back to Charles in Charge. If you've ever if you've ever watched that, and I think she also I think she also worked on Girlfriends for UP. And it's like if you look on her IMDb, she's done tons and tons and tons of stuff, um, and not just a comedy. She's done uh, drama as well. But um, she directed our episode, and then um, Curtis Fortier, Fortier, I don't know how to say his last name, Fortier, 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 I think it's, I think it's Fortier. He um, is the captain, 
Um, and Helen McElwain is the commander, the next in charge. And Curtis and Helen were, are the ones who actually created the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, um, Curtis does a lot of stand up, um, uh, and he's, he's, uh, done a lot of these people on the, on the show have done like, um, has, have done various television episodes, um, on various things. Um, Chris German plays the IT guy. He plays Quake. He was recently on New Girl. Um, and Steve Shaw is the computer, like the help, you know, uh, the guy that, you know, if you, something breaks down on your computer, you, you try to, you ask them for help. Kind of like the annoying paperclip back in the day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the, the paperclip that was in, that used to be in Microsoft Word? Yeah, exactly. That's the idea, except for he's kind of like, uh, more helpful. No, he's, he's actually not helpful. He's uh, half the time just annoyed and um, uptight and not help, and just, there, you know, says things for his own amusement. But um, he recently was on uh, Cougar Town. And Allison Reeves, who is the live-in girlfriend of uh, Chris German, who plays the IT guy, uh, is the uh, our head engineer aboard the ship. And they play, um, they play basically uh, ex-spouses. So it's really funny to see them go at it. Um, and uh, Lisa Sherga is the admiral who is not aboard the ship, but who is always checking in because I'm sure she's, she suspects something is up. But she, um, she is uh, from Groundlings, and uh, she's also on, she has a recurring character on Leverage on TNT. So. Okay, that's nice. It seems like a, a very uh, diverse cast, to say the least, and very different than what, we, than what we would normally cover on Gundam, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like there would be an overlap of interests, you know, because I feel like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's it appeals to a sci-fi crowd. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it appeals to a lot of, a lot of interest. It's sitcom, yeah. it's comedy, it's got that hardcore sci-fi stuff. So we actually have a like a Star Trek uh, band, Warp Eleven. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They they do Star Trek theme songs, but they wrote our theme song for the show. So I think I have heard of them. I haven't heard their I haven't heard their uh, their work, but I, ma- I imagine that they might they're they're decent if you guys hire them. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're awesome. They're really, really cool. Okay, that's cool. Um, let's see. Um, given the fact that with the with with the Kickstarter, what are some of the pitches and incentives that you that people might get if when they back a certain amount of things? I'm sure everybody, and just so everybody knows, you can read all this stuff on the Kickstarter on the Kickstarter page. But yeah, I, I like to hear from you, Stephanie. Just yeah, so sure. Yeah, make so, it enticing yeah. for everybody to back your stuff. W. So, like, obviously, we understand that, like, not everybody can give as much as, you know, people can give very varying amounts because of the economy or because they're, you know, they're still in school with uh, living at home and whatnot. So you can you can pledge as little as a dollar. And like the basic, you know, at 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 the dollar level and at like the five dollar level, you'll just get personal thank yous from on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and then if you pledge a little more, we have, um, we have, a signed, uh, postcards. We, we, we'll, we'll have like letters and signed postcards and even signed photos. Um, I think that, um, at, um, at, at some point, I think you can also get the computer to, um, to record an outgoing voicemail for you. Um, you can also get a download copy at, at $35. You can get, you can get a free download of the theme song from Warp 11. Um, and then in the, in the actual, uh, episode zero, zero, um, 
Benjamin, the IT guy, has a, has a T-shirt, you know, that says, you know, I think it says IT guys do it. Yeah, I, I just saw that recently with the uh, the behind the scenes video that's on the Kickstarter page. So yeah, so you can I think it's at I think it's sixty five dollars maybe or you get at at some of the it's all on that page, but you can at one of the levels you can get a a t shirt as well as um, a DVD copy of the episode. <clears throat> and then at the very like if you want to go like if you want to go like way crazy, I think the highest level that we have is. Uh, $5,000 and you can, um, you can get, you'll be listed as, um, as, a president of confederate confederation yeah. of, of aligned planets. So it's basically, you get an executive producer credit in the credit. Um, and I think is, what is it? Is that $2,500? We will take you out to lunch. Me, Curtis <laughs> and Helen will take you out to lunch. But it has to be in L.A. because that's where we live. We can't and fly you out all the way over here. Out, yes, because we'd be like paying that amount. Um, but if you're in the L.A. area and you want to go, and it would be nice. Um, also, oh, you know what actually is really cool is that we have these, um, I don't know if you can see on the, it's kind of like, it looks a little bit like the logo, uh, but it's the, it's like the calm on on the sh- on the shirts we have the the little um intercom yeah the, yeah shirt. it kind of looks like the uh the uh the badges from star trek yeah so it looks like it actually looks like the logo but yeah that's the idea those we had made um we they were they were made and they they actually look really really beautiful i don't know if there's a close-up photo maybe we should take a close-up photo of those but um at i think at one of the levels you can get uh you can get one of those badges which those are actually super super cool and pretty i would just wear it as a pin <laughs> <laughs> well i imagine that they do look they they do look nice but yeah i can i can see it in the uh, some of the photos and the um the videos but i don't i don't necessarily see one on the page that actually there is one yeah it's uh it's got a it's on the uh, the logos of of uh the uh, the subjects that they recommend so history goals and stuff one dot so if you go to the kickstarter page it's actually yeah. there and that's like that is the kind of like the graphic version of it so that's not actually a photo of it you know that's like the the logo imaged of it i guess yeah but i think it but people would get an idea if they yeah, actually looked yeah, at it yeah yeah so in that in that case given the fact we've gone for the cast the incentives and people who would if we say like the the project gets funded what would be in store for everybody in the future if it happens well i think i mean in terms of just like the backers right they would um they would get whatever incentives that they have for the amount that they backed but um in terms of the project itself um we're actually hoping because we've had well, we, when I say we, I really mean Helen and Curtis have had several meetings um, with uh, various people and, and media outlets and, and, and we had a reading. We, uh, we had a reading of actually all season one, all the episodes in season one. And there's actually a lot more characters. And we had a stage reading and invited some industry people. And there's several uh, organizations. I'm not at liberty to say which ones were interested in it, but they just wanted to see something shot first. So... Once we put this episode zero zero together, then we can at least show the interested parties what, you know, what it will look like as a finished product. So hopefully somebody will come forward and want to help produce it or want to buy the show or or um, yeah, I don't know. So I think this is like it. There's various options and where it can go. But before we can get there, we need to be able to have this finished product to show mm. people, you know. 
It's like it's like completing a project for school and then showing your principal, showing your teachers what you got. Yeah, but with uh, a more expensive project and with higher stakes. Um, yeah. And well, then, I, you know, in a project that takes months and months out of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the easiest way to conform to people, since I imagine a lot of people who would be backing this <laughs> have been in all those situations. So, and I appreciate the fact that it, it is actually because it looks like a funny series. I mean, I like sci-fi every so often. So often, I like something a little bit more laid back. So, and again, any final thoughts on your Kickstarter? Like uh, anything that we haven't covered? Like uh, if it was to get funded. Uh, uh, who? I'm sorry. I got. I, I, I think I lost my premise here. No, no, it's <laughs> <Wow>. okay. <laughs> but uh, given the fact that uh, any final thoughts, just on anything on the Kickstarter as a whole, how did you get involved with it? Well, for me, like how I got involved in the project is that I knew Curtis and Helen from acting class, and they had written this written this uh, series that, and they wrote me a part in it, really. So they were like, Hey, we wrote this, we wrote this series and we wrote a part in it for you. Do you want to come over and have like a reading of it? So we, I came over and this was way, way, way in the early stage. And I read it. And when I read it, I loved it so much. I was like, Oh my God, this has to get made. Um, and it's funny because they wrote the part that they wrote for me based on the fact that I don't know, there is a version float. Okay. There's this, there is on the internet somewhere floating around this video that I did, a rap video that I did for Michael Sinner Nicholas when he was roasted at OhioCon. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I have, this is news to me. <laughs> so you can search for it. I didn't. I did not put it on the internet. I had actually only put it on my Facebook, and so it it was supposedly only viewable to my friends on Facebook and not to anybody else. But I don't know how. Somehow it got out on the internet. Somebody else put it up there. And so I think you can find it on YouTube. Um, but it was it's a roast video. It's me. It's a spoof of the Natalie Portman rap from SNL. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of people doing cameos in it. Laura Bailey and Mary Elizabeth and Travis Willingham all have cameos in it. Um, and so in it, I'm doing this hardcore rap, but I'm acting like a tough girl, which people like they thought was very funny. I don't really have that image, you know, in real life or in VO. So they saw that and that inspired them to write that character for me in their show. And so they're like, we want you to, you know, play this part. And so we did the reading and I just liked the script so much and that it was so funny that I would always bug them about like, hey, how's that going? You know, uh, oh, maybe you should show it to this person or I might know somebody at this thing. And and so um because I was kind of like took that interest in it, they were when they were when they decided like, hey, we want to shoot this this uh, episode zero zero. Do you want to help us produce it? Um, I said, sure, yeah. And then I, I it was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad I did it, but I I didn't. I mean, also it wasn't just me. It was like you know Helen and Curtis were also producing it, so we would we would literally we would meet like every week. Um, for like a couple hours at this coffee shop. Um, and uh, for it was like for months and months and months. Um, and then the weekend that we shot, I cannot, I cannot stress like the cast and the crew, how much they like, how supportive and how much they did. It was, it was such, it was such a crazy, crazy thing. I mean, I learned a lot. I think like when you're producing something that's shot, you don't know everything that comes into it. Like it's so much money just for like, you know, there's, there's lighting involved and every single light that 
You have to rent based on it. And you can't just go there and rent it because there it's expensive equipment, right? So when you go and you try to rent it, they want you to, you have to already have, you have to be insured for like tens of thousands of dollars. And normal human beings don't have insurance like that for equipment rental, you know? So it was, there's a lot of little tricky details that were like, you know, that I would discover last minute, sometimes a day or two before the shoot. And actually the set that we were shooting on, which was like donated to us. And I'm so grateful for it. They gave us a list of equipment that was supposed to be there. And, um, and when we got there, all of the lights were missing. So we had to that morning find another place to rent lights. And it was over a weekend. And like, there's not always like, not every place is open to, to rent studio equipment on weekends. So it was, it was so hectic. It was a lot of, a lot of craziness, but everyone was, Everyone was very, very awesome. Yeah, it, remind, it reminds me of the the horror stories I would always I would always hear from uh stu- from film students all the time, whether it be stu- whether it be actors or at or actual aspiring directors. So I at least know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of there's a lot of little now it seems it's been a while it's been a few months so it seems like kind of far away in my head but um it was like literally. For the the month right before up to the shooting of it, it was every single day some other emergency happened. I think a week or two before we're st- was we're supposed to sh- start shooting it, our director of photography got a got a job, you know, and um, had to quit on us. So that was the thing about also about the the shoot is that everybody who worked on it, they were working professionals, you know, are. Our director is a director who actually directs sitcom. That's what she does for a living, you know. And our first AD is a first AD. They do that for a living, you know. Our DP is our actual DP. They do that for a living. And they all, like, they kind of, they volunteered their time this weekend to help us out. And so every once in a while, there are a few people who all of a sudden, they would get a paid job. And, and then they, you know, they would have to let us know that they couldn't do it. And so there was a lot of scrambling. Um, so I'm so appreciative to everybody who, who worked on it and, and Paige Carpenter, like uh, she, she sewed all of the uniforms. She made them all specifically for, for our, our cast. So that was pretty awesome too. Custom made. Yeah. Custom made. That's, I mean, that's, it's not, and she, you know, we had a limited budget and she made it work and, and even the uh, communicators, they were made by this guy, Mark. I can't pronounce his name. He, it's like French. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this guy, he designed and he like he cut them out like hand. I don't know if he, I don't know how he did it. I, I would assume that he had some kind of like saw or some kind of like laser. But um, he um, he made all of those um, insignias, the communicators, um, from scratch. You know. And that's not something that's like, you know, that's, it's not, it, it's, it's, and they're really beautiful. I can't stress how awesome they are, but, um, and he lives in, he lives in Montreal. Um, but so many people just came forward and just, you know, did it for the love of it. And I, it was kind of, I'm, I'm like still, when I think back about it, I'm like so grateful for everybody, you know? Well, it sounds like a, a very dedicated group to say the least. And, Gets us a little. It gets. I think it gets a little insight to everybody about you can't just do a show, do a show if you want to, even if it's for 
online or or a professional show, it, there's a lot of work that yeah, goes into it. Because you want it to look good, you know? And sometimes even if something's good and written well, if it doesn't look a certain way, you don't think it's fun. You know what I mean? It's just our brains are kind of trained in that way. So it's what it's what the word what's the word I'm searching for? Jarring, I would say the least. Yeah, I think, I think sometimes when people see like a very low budget film, even if it is funny or written well, written well, a lot of people want things to look a certain way. You know, yeah. they want fidel- they want visual fidelity in some way. I and think the word if is you're doing sci-fi. It's got you know what I mean. You kind of have it's even harder to get that look. So yeah, and considering the fact that it's all fake too. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's all green screen. Yeah. So, uh, given the fact that we're just in closing, uh, currently right now, uh, the, we are at two thousand uh, back two thousand dollars a backing. You only need to hit ten thousand out yeah. of four out of forty seven backers, and you have twenty four days to actually hit that yeah. goal. So, just as a as a final uh, send off for everybody here on this on the on the show, would you like to send your final thoughts? I would. I basically, you know, if it's something that you believe in, especially with the way TV is out there and, you know, right now, sometimes it can be a lot of the same stuff. And I feel like this is something really new and exciting. Um, and it's made by a bunch of people who like really care about it. Like I would encourage people to, to definitely give what they can, even if it's like a few dollars, you know what I mean? Because the thing with the the way, the way it works with Kickstarter is that if we don't meet our goal of 10 grand, then we don't, we, then nobody has to pay anything, which means we don't get any money. So it's not like, oh, if we only get two grand, we'll get two grand. No, if we don't, if we if we don't hit ten grand, we get zero. So it's you know. Yeah, that's how it works. And, uh, yeah, they, how- all the bank accounts get reset, and the money goes yeah. back to the and various people. Yeah. So it's so and and if you're unsure of it, just keep keep tabs on the on the Hollowship page because we have recorded some like you know captain's log type of. Um, audio things that we'll be posting and then we have other pictures and videos that we're going to keep posting throughout the month um you basically have until uh may 20 uh may 29th i would say may 28th because it's like 1 p.m on may 29th um to donate yeah it says may 20 29th which as far as i know that's a wednesday so may 28th i would encourage everybody yeah which is a tuesday which is the last week of of uh, this month of this month which is yep. may so i encourage everybody to check it out if you can if you can give it give one dollar just do what you whatever you can i don't care if you have to steal <laughs> steal your parents's uh money <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm kidding i'm kidding you can at least borrow the you can at least borrow the credit card and give them the dollar back in physical medium so it's not very hard just every everything counts so just like they say uh, every dollar counts so send every all your your help to stephanie is there anything you'd like to say stephanie just before we close this out no i just like thanks thanks you guys for having me back on again and thanks to all your listeners for for tuning in and just being supportive you know well, we well we appreciate all your hard work in every in every facet. So I think this is important considering it's something new. We don't usually get to see you on uh, on camera. 
So this is professional on-camera stuff. And it's not for lack of trying, you know. It's really hard to break into that industry if you, you know, people don't go like, well, you've done all this voiceover, you should be able to get on camera. No. No, No. it's not that easy. Um, It's very difficult. I've I've talked to people who actually have tried to get into that business and they don't realize it. These days, you kind of have to be more than just an actor. You kind of have to be a little bit of everything, a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, and everyone says, oh, make your own stuff make your own stuff so this is my attempt to listen to what people are saying and to make my own stuff um or help someone else make their own stuff (laughs) and i would love to do you know more of more of it so yeah Yeah. all right well i appreciate you stephanie for showing up on gundam and i appreciate everybody listening so again go on kickstarter look up hollow ship episode zero zero and uh, send your supports and with that we will cut out here and we'll be back for the next segment you are listening to gundam at mhq.net Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f***ed here. Nothing is f***ed. No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning... In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, Let's go again. What do the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts think of My Little Pony? If you're a dude older than 12, (laughs) you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying that like My Little Ponies burn real nice because they're made of plastic. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. In a world where podcasting is king, you are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. taller than you look in the tabloids, Mr. Wayne. No gun. I'm insulted. You could have just sent a thank you note. I didn't come here to thank you. I came here to show you that not everyone at Gotham's afraid of you. Only those who know me, kid. Look around you. You'll see two councilmen, a union official, a couple off-duty cops, and a judge. Now, I wouldn't have a second's hesitation in blowing your head off right here and right now in front of them. Now, that's power you can't buy. That's the power of fear. I'm not afraid of you. Because you think you got nothing to lose. But you haven't thought it through. 
You haven't thought about your lady friend down in the DA's office. You haven't thought about your old butler. Bang! Welcome back, uh, and this is the segment that I had put the link on the Gundam section of the forum, the Mecha Talk forum, talking about fear. Fear. And unfortunately, it didn't work out the way that I wanted, which is fine, but there's always some sunshine on some things. So I didn't get two prompts, but I did get one from an evil Australian, which sense, because they, they probably have fear, fear of the law, having to work a real job, you know, things like that. Fear. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure of not having a getaway man when you rob the bank. So, <laughs> not enough tires when the apocalypse happens to wear. So, <laughs> but actually, it's actually a pretty good, um, pretty good thing that he said here because I, it, it had me think, and um, I just want to kind of go into what he did, and, and we're going to bounce some things off here with Solbro and Dolo. But before we go on that, guys, do you have anything that really? That you're really fearful, like my robo apocalypse fear, which is an actual fear. <laughs> so, bro, is it the? Would it be the bankruptcy of Capcom? Would that be? Oh my God. <laughs> that would turn it into a panic attack. Oh man, that that might be one of them. But um, no, I, I guess my, one of my fears is that the uh, the anime industry will explode. I'm sorry, implode. Oh, um, somewhere along the way. Explode. <laughs> Not explode. That would be but a good thing. Solid people. Uh, no, but but implode because I guess the rising cost of developing shows and 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 distributing shows. Although there there's 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 um ways to adapt to this, but I guess one of my biggest fears is that um diversity in anime will go away because everybody's going to comment is gonna is going to try to cater to the lowest common denominator in entertaining people in anime. You've already seen examples of this on American television with the glut of uh of uh was it uh shows. Reality shows, reality yeah. shows, yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. <laughs> well, there are good reality shows as well, <laughs> but they they number in the few yeah. in comparison to what's on E. So, <laughs> and a lot of them are copycats of each other. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the the next 15 minutes of a famed celebrity gets their own uh, uh, uh. reality show, and it's just it, it's a terrible thing. And I don't want to see the fetishes get catered to in the anime. Um, and, and you know original products and people I just want to see people afraid to take chances in in this medium that I've come to love so much over the years and that's my biggest fear I suppose oh, okay yeah and that and that's um, that's that's a that's a pretty yeah and like you said you could probably put that across a lot of um, things you know fear of, of just getting the same old thing too uh, you know even in the movie industry now with this you know the proliferation of comic book movies it, it would be not as much as I like these stories and they're great movies, I you know I sometimes do like something that might be just a little bit different. So, <laughs> yeah, just a bridge on what Sobro mentioned. I'm kind of just uh, just one thing. I'm starting to worry about in the at least as far as the American anime industry goes. I'm starting to worry about the quality that we're getting because mm. I recently just heard about like some of the stuff that Sentai put out. You guys have heard of Kids on the Slope, right? The yes, the, I've heard of it. Yeah, basically about the man who did uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh. Yeah, uh, but what I've heard basically that with the Japanese audio track for I think it was episode eleven, the audio track only comes out of one sound, out of the left speaker. What? Mono. It's a compl- 
Yeah, it's a complete yeah, it's freak up of the of the audio, oh. and I'm starting to. Is it wonder. intentional? No. <laughs> oh, hell, no. Okay. hell no. The- well, no, I, I I didn't know because if yeah. it's that Watanabe guy, he would. I could see him doing something where it would be like a mono thing. Cause that, no, it was. You know, he's very eclectic like that, and that'd be Absolutely. like a '70s thing, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, uh, but uh, in this case, no, it was a it was a complete uh, okay. screw up of the audio Oops. when they put it out. And the funny and the thing is, they're not Sentai's not going to go back and actually correct the DVD, which in or the blu-ray which has kind of had me worried it because like we've all experienced this like in 2009 when when bandai was releasing a lot of those shows with uh with defects in their in their in their bot sets which i i can understand because uh, i heard an interview of why that happened they changed it up and at least sent bandai would actually send us like uh reprinted dvds of like they would send you a new disc but I'm yeah, starting they did to... that with um, uh, Professor Bato's dissertation on life, <laughs> Ghost in, Ghost in the Shell, um, the, the second Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah, they but did. I'm because I was one of the ones that bought it, and it was in yeah, it was closed captioning as opposed to uh, subtitles. And what they did was they basically um, you just mail it into them, and they would they'd send you one, and you mail it back to them or something like that. But okay, yeah, yeah, I see yeah. that. Yeah, and the, and the reason I bring up that fear is because when Bandai did it, one of the things uh, when that happened to Bandai, I for a while I stopped buying Bandai blue DVDs and Blu-rays because of the fact that I just didn't want to get a bad product. And I'm starting, I'm kind of worried that a lot of the studios are going to be going for that. I'm mostly noticing it's for, for Sentai, but I'm kind of worried about the other companies too. But that's okay. just me. All right. Well, that's good. At least we got one or two fears from these guys out of here. But we're going to go back to what Vent Noir had. And, 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 I, and I'm going to read his post. And it was very interesting to me. And I, I spoke to these guys before we started recording. I thought it was something we could kind of do here. And uh, Vent Noir says here, I fear that I will end up losing interest in Gundam. The Federation Zeon stuff that you mentioned is popular in Japan. Example, Unicorn isn't something that interests me. And I want to see a cool female characters with decent amount of screen times and not just being relegated to the girlfriend or mother figure role which bandai doesn't seem interested in doing the less said about uh ages female characters the better and uh that's what he was saying if if the next series doesn't look like being an improvement particularly in the latter i'll probably end up skipping it so i was kind of when when i when i read this one of the first there was a couple things that kind of went through my mind the first one is here um, with Gundam being a franchise, and it's more of a, a, a Far East franchise and stuff like that, but I was speaking with you guys prior, and I'm sure you guys were uh, thinking about this during the news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there other franchises that you can think of outside of comic books? So please don't say comic books, everyone, on the, <laughs> on the Mecha Talk boards. But I'm talking stuff in video or like television and stuff like that where you have a huge franchise and there's actually the, the original story. But then there's all these alternate universes that are just as popular as the main universe. And there's actually a little bit of things, a little bit of friction between the fans in the fact of there's some people that love nothing but UC and there's some people that know, love nothing but AU. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of it. I don't know. I know the big franchises here in the U.S. and the Western world are like Star Wars and Star Trek. And I know they have many books and things like that. But those are not really alternate, right? They're, some of, they're all in the same universe. It's just not canon, correct? Is that how? Do you yeah. Know? 
pretty much. Okay. Do you guys know of anything that um, that's out there that's like Gundam? That is, I mean, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I'm not trying to like S Gundam's D or anything, but it's it seems to me this is a very unique situation where you have a very loved franchise that went off and did alternate things with its storylines, and, and you know, because the the main thing with all these shows is there's still always a Gundam. The stories are all different, but there's always just a Gundam. I mean. And, there are some I don't slight, know. slight examples, and they're just really getting off the ground with alternate takes. Like um, the upcoming Star Trek, you know that 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 rebooted this whole universe. So it 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 it, it um, but it's essentially not, created a but separate it's not timeline. Sep- yeah, it, but it, it's it, not it is a separate. Though. It is a separate timeline. The the movie universe. The no, I, movie I, universe I, I, I I understand that, but what I'm saying is Gundam. You know, it, Gundam Wing is not an alternate timeline of Armoro Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like it's a completely different. It's a completely universe. different universe. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a different universe yeah, that, that exists, and and it, 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 it happens. I'm not saying that's a, that's not a bad example. It's just yeah. very. It's it's a it's probably the closest thing I could think of because I can't really think of anything else out there that would um that would do that. That I has mean, done it like Gundam. Not really. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Brave series, possibly. I mean, it, you know, every Brave series exists yeah. in its own universe. And yet, you know, they are all every ro- every robot is a brave. So, you know, maybe that is a uh, the only maybe one of the closest things I could think about. Um, uh, in to this. But Gun it hasn't done any. There, I don't think there's anything that's done it on the scale of Gundam where it took it just really oh, to <laughs> high levels of like just every different thing is a different Gundam, and they haven't done a UC Gundam TV show since like what the nineties. Yeah, really, yeah. I can I can only honestly think of two series that are on the scale of Mobile Suit Gundam, and they haven't even done it, and that's Star Wars and Star Trek. And with Gundam, it it has the uniqueness of uh, being able to establish alternate universes with completely different casts. And um, yeah, well, when it comes to thinking of, um, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Then, do you think? And I, I, this is kind of an interesting thing where we might be able to parlay it because of this whole new Disney acquisition of Star Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think in a Star Wars or a Star Trek franchise, do you think it could work where you have a completely different retelling? You know, it's Star Trek, but it's a different universe. Right. Do you think that would work? Or it's Star Wars, like there's some similar, you know, what is the iconic thing with Star Wars? A lot of the ships or something like that, you know, that that or just the Jedi's and the Sith. But it's a completely different. Let's just say it's completely different. Whatever identifiable thing it's it's starfleet but it's just just completely different different timeline it's not even on earth maybe what Mm -hmm. you think that would even work sort of i mean i remember in the episode of like uh if i'll start with star trek is that in an episode of uh star trek enterprise in the fourth season they actually did a completely different uh take on the universe they actually did an entire mirror universe episode two episodes that took place in the mirror universe and it was it it was just the star trek enterprise crew and it was completely different so right but once again though it's still captain archer and all these people what i'm saying is it's bob smith (laughs) You know, uh, that's that's the thing that I that got me interested on in when he was talking about this, mainly when he was talking about, you know, uh, Vent Noir is not that keen on UC stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, he's he's bigger into the AU from which I can you know tell from what his post is here. But I'm just saying, it. you know, is there anything that's even similar to this where it's just completely different? I mean, Gundam goes to the point where the freaking timelines are called different things. I mean, it's. Yeah. 
it's a uh, future century or after war or after colony and, you know, AD and one of them, you know, it's, so it's like, um, I mean, I guess a is what would, what would be out there and B, do you think it could work for some standing franchises here? I mean, I, I think it could. Um, the problem is, is that it's going to be met with resistance with course. people kicking and screaming. That's what G Gundam was met with. Oh yeah, when G Gundam first was announced. You know, all the all the UC diehards were saying this is going to be total garbage. A kid, a, a Gundam show based for kids, get out of here, get out. <laughs> and and and, yeah. and on top of that, it was actually just ripping up the floors of Gundam from the ground up. You weren't going to have any semblance or any 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 um any holdovers from any U, UC series or anything like that. It was a new except concept. for the Gundam. except, except the Gundam. for you, you knew you. You knew uh, it was going to be called the Gundam. It was going to look similar to the RX-78. It's mm-hmm. going to have the V-fin. It's going to, you know, have the facial features of it and, and things like that. But, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I can uh. see that happen with Star Trek or Star Wars even. Just establishing, you know, a, a certain, certain familiar elements from Star Wars or Star Trek, but making it a completely different universe with a completely different cast and completely different situation. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it could work. It'd be a, a, a definite departure. But um, I would love to see something like that just to see another person's imagination take flight when it comes to uh, one of those franchises and establish something else that might end up becoming a beloved uh, a beloved series or, or, or universe in itself. And I would love to see them take a side uh, side quest every once in a while and, 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 and establish kind of a, a different thing for each one of these. And I'm still racking my brain trying to figure out if anybody else has done it. The only uh, something did come to mind. I know that, um, and I talk about this all the time. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The uh, the artist for that actually ripped up the floorboards on his own universe and reboot. Uh, re- didn't so much reboot it, but created a whole new um, universe and storyline um, based on um, his JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, franchise. So there, he just recently did that uh, a few years back. So that may be someone who um, has come close to what Gundam has done, and it was it was met pretty well. So. Um, but it, it's risky when you do that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I know we've had rebootings and reimaginings, but it's, in the end, there's always some tie. I mean, even like Battlestar Galactica, it's so night and day from the original thing. Mm-hmm. But in the end, there's still some ties there. Most of the names are, you know, the names are all the same. <laughs> um, maybe the, the gender and stuff. But in the end... I mean, hell, they even kept the the design of the fighters. They look a little bit different, but they're pretty much the same. The Vipers were pretty much the same fighter that was in the 70s television show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I I find it, uh, it's a unique thing. And, you know, maybe if um, somebody after they listen to this, they can give us some uh, examples of this doing. I I think that's... um, um, you know, be interesting. I think this is what makes Gundam such a unique franchise is the fact that it has, you know, you can say what you want. Yes, they do sometimes maybe go to the well too many times when it comes to things. But in the end, they do, they have shown where it's just a completely different thing. I mean, Gundam 00, the last good Gundam. Um, it was, you know, it's, 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 you can see the relationship to it with UC Gundam only with the Gundams. It was completely different. I mean, it still has kind of the political intrigue and stuff, but when it comes to everything else, and it works. Well, I mean, here's a question then. Um, mm. I, I, it hasn't been confirmed if Gundam The Origin is going to be the next animated series from, um, from, from, uh, 
from Sunrise. So do you guys think they're going to go back to UC for the next animated series, or do you think that um, they're going to go with another uh, alternate universe? Well, I will, I, will, I will play Chris on this one, and it, because when he says this, it does make sense. There hasn't been a UC Gundam television series since the since, 90s. Since the 90s with Victory, and the way it looks, the, the trend that they're doing right now is UC OVA's uh, alternate century television series. So um, I don't no, but I I think in a way Gundam Gundam the Origin might be better served as an OVA, maybe a longer OVA, mm-hmm. um, on uh, you know maybe twelve episodes or something like that, depending on source material. But yeah, I I I wouldn't see that as a TV show. That would be more the 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 unicorn route. I I would believe. Yeah, I don't really see Origin being animated, at least not. I I just don't see it happening for a TV show, considering, again, it's like Chris always says, television shows, it's... Yeah, it's the the trend. Yeah, for the last 20 years, that's what they've been doing. So, I mean, we could be wrong, though, because, hell, well, look what they did with Unicorn. It was like, no... No, no, uh, no storyline that would originate as printed work was ever animated. It was always vice versa. It was always it was animated, then it was done as a printed or a printed work. This and was the first a, time, and, it, and it's a ginormous, huge success. So. so, I mean, but hey, they could, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know on that one. But um, it, it's very interesting because you know you have a you have a fan you have a fan base and not just in the not just in Asia but all over where there's UC UC purists there's AU purists and then there's kind of people like us that are we kind of cherry pick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I cherry pick it, it. You know, it's like when people ask you if you want to rank the 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 Gundam shows. I always I've always said this and so Rose heard me say this before I always say no matter what I always have to put first Gundam in there because without it you don't have everything else mm-hmm. so that to me that's always number one and uh, but yeah very very interesting anything else on that because there's a couple other different things that he that I kind of thought here that we could talk about yeah, so yeah, go, go for it then. okay go ahead I didn't want this um this thing that Mr. Vent Noir talks about with uh female characters and I know this is a this is a very uh big thing god it's been posted and and things like that and and it's always been a gripe with us and and once again I'll play the Chris role of we know it is Japan and they have very different thoughts of the role of women than um than we do in the western world when it comes to things so but is this do you find yourself though uh i guess using age is to stay uh as as kind of an example here and and not going too much into characters because we don't want to uh insult ventoir but uh <laughs> do, do you do you find sometimes that the the lacking of the development of women being kind of equals within these um, Gundam shows, and you can go on from you know all the way back. But um, are you getting kind of tired of it? Instead of them just being, you know, they're either all nuts or crazy, or they're just simple the pilot's arm candy. Yeah, or big yeah. sisters, or, or yeah. what have you. I, I think Tamino was the closest to pulling the trigger uh, yeah. when it came to getting that done and, and to uh, figuring out how to have a female's role in Gundam. And in some shows, he actually nailed it on the head. I, I think that Sailor, although Sailor's not one of my favorite characters, 
I think her depiction in most of the Gundam series is is, is pretty cool, um, especially when she shows up again in Double Zeta as a doctor. Yeah, I, I think by that time she's come she's come to grips with a lot of the things that had happened to her, but um, just the, her struggle during uh, Mobile Suit Gundam I thought was really cool. As much as I love Emma Sheen, there are certain aspects of her character that weren't ever realized fully, and um, I, I I wish that her too character, much of big she, she was too much big sister too much big sister, and by the time that you were actually getting into areas where she would actually have grown by leaps and bounds towards the end of the series, she goes and she dies. So yeah. um, she really didn't um, reach her full um, potential. I would say Haman Khan, but then Double Zeta completely ruins her character. So <laughs> yeah, well if you yeah if you put Haman well, the Khan, last episode ruins her character. No, even much. even when she's like dressing up as someone else and yeah, you know the goofiness and Moon that. Moon and yeah. <laughs> I'm just okay, saying, yeah. She, she, yeah. After she after she mind touches Judo, yeah, and just yeah. becomes completely fascinated with him. Uh huh. Then it's that, uh, and I agree with Soul Bro because you have this character who is in Zeta that is this strong female character that she's the leader of the Zeon remnants, mm. and they are following this woman's. I mean, they're afraid of this woman, and the only reason why she even got it was because her father died. You know, he 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 died on the on the way to Axis, and she was a young girl. I mean, she's you know late teens early 20s when she takes over Axis and she's no freaking joke in that. No, I mean, she, she suffers no fools. <laughs> yeah, she, she is she's strong, she's feared, drives poor Char nuts. I mean, oh, you know, and 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 nuts for the basis of how ruthless and, you know, conniving that woman is. And um yeah, I, I'd have to say Solbro, you're right. Tomino I think is the one that probably hits it the best because mm-hmm. even with victory, you the the women are seen. Okay, you have Shock D, mm-hmm. that's fine, but yet you have um, you know the Strike Team and yeah, Marbet, yep. yeah, and and they're and they're looked at as a little bit uh, a little bit differently, and then of course Turn A, mm-hmm. where the female characters there are all pretty strong i mean kiel and diana and diana even soshi i mean these are strong what was uh, that, uh, um the the russian girl um oh um oh, the um oh the she was black haired girl lily yeah. lily, lily yeah. yeah 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 exactly yeah. i mean because yeah then we see in, in in other situations and even in uc some of the ucs that were not done with um with uh tomino like mm-hmm. You know, um, Stardust Memories. Stardust Memories. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst, worst female characters to ever show up is in that shit. And it's yeah. wow. And wow. she's the complete bitch. Oh, wow. You know, she's, yeah. she's, she's the complete bitch character. Oh, man. How did they mess up with that? And then you have the, then you have OHMS team, which is kind of split. Yeah. Where you have Karen, mm-hmm. who's the strong female character, who's, you know, she. She gave up. Yeah, she has a tragic past because her boyfriend, her husband got killed mm-hmm. in the one year war. But, you know, she was pretty no nonsense and, you know, strong pilot and there because of her talent, not because they just needed a chick no, or she I, was following him around. But then Ina is like. Ina was good at the beginning, but toward, but again, like towards when the, the director shift kind of came in, she kind of could becomes a, a little bit more obsessive about shiro and her and the fact her she basically becomes his female counterpart for all intents and purposes of trying to 
of like just trying to unite the Zeon and the Federation and get along and all that crap. I wanted to add a little footnote about Tamino, by the way. Um, I, 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 we may, I may, rag, I may have uh, ragged on a little bit about his his, his females in Gundam series, but um, I think one of the best females he ever wrote, and it might frustrate some, but I haven't watched every Tomino series, so I can't speak for every one of them. Uh, was Marvel Frozen? Um, for some crazy reason, I think that character worked a shit ton. Uh, she's in uh, or Battler Dunbond, for those that don't know, and I just think she she dealt with a lot of her situations actually with a with, with common sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and but then she but then she has that fatal flaw with uh yeah. with her <laughs> about her love interests which, which yeah. is which is a, which is a flaw with that most of the series is if we go back on Gundam have <laughs> which is understandable because you know some people we fall in love with the wrong people. <laughs> Sometimes that's what happens I mean, in people's yeah. And it's like that's no different from anybody else and I just thought she was probably one of the realer female characters he ever wrote and um even though she has a terrible fate um I, I I enjoyed her character throughout the entire run of Dunbine. I thought she was a a, a pretty well realized character, and I always well, looked for a character like her to show up in the Gundam series later on. Well, yeah, but I mean, back to Gundam, mm-hmm. it's as we've seen with as we progressed in the AUs. Um, you know, we have some uh, G Gundam. There were some in there. Rain was. Rain was a good character, but then, you know, there are some parts of it where she was, she still was kind of love struck. And of course, you have Alan B, who's the poor, you know, experimented psycho girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I do kind of see what he says. I think it really kind of goes astray. <laughs> Funny I say this. Uh, and, uh, Pun intended. And, and, in uh, in the uh, in in uh, Jabman's favorite show because that's when it really got dumb because even in even in Seed yeah you have Lachis blah 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 but she wasn't really meaning to be uh, anything outside of just like a figurehead but you had some pretty strong characters Kigali you know Captain Captain Ramius and, and those things but yeah but um, yeah I I um, it, it would be nice just to see it where you can have them maybe like um, like a Haman or a Karen or somebody like that, where they're not even really trying to get in love with anybody. They're just there to do their job and, and to do what they do. And is this something, though, if this trend continues, like what we've seen with these characters, is this something that would um, keep you from liking a show outside of that, especially if it starts to get a little bit more blatant, like it did in Age, where a lot of those female characters just were like, I, 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 you know, they just were there. Yeah, they were, they, really kinda, they were anything. outright. They got to a point where they were outright silly, which I, I guess if I had the comments on myself, mm-hmm. I probably would say yes, if only because we we kind of dealt with that with between Seed and Seed Destiny. Of course, sorry, Jatman, but they were kind of very silly, and especially in Seed Destiny. <laughs> but then yeah. you go to Double O, where it's like you had... Yeah, Strong. the female pilots weren't. Uh, we didn't have any female pilots outside of maybe Soma Pyrrhus and a few other characters, but they were really honestly there and they had a purpose and they weren't annoying or stupid. And then we go to age where it's like, well, what's the point? Uh-huh. We could have <laughs> we, wow. we we could have easily made them all all female Stop, characters. The uh, the role of Chris with uh, with uh, motivation there. You sounded just like him. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we could have oh, right. we we could have easily written all those female characters as male characters, and I think it would pro- we would not have bad an eye. Yeah, yeah, but well, yeah, I, that's I, just me. 
Yeah, and I mean, do you, so you you do believe if they keep going down this route on the television shows and they just have just kind of these useless female characters, that may lessen your enjoyment and maybe even lessen the fact of you wanting to watch the next series. So Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it goes back to the fact that we all know the TV shows are meant to appeal to. They're supposed to bring in the new, the new next generation of Gundam uh, people, and but then we go to the, like Gundam Unicorn, and we have a lot more female, stronger female uh, people in there. Like for example, Marita, who pilots the Kshatriya, doesn't take any crap from anybody. Right. Well, but, and a lot of it too is the cultural, but uh, you know, the cultural side of Japan too. So, but Solbro, what about you? Would you would you do? Do you feel at this point? Point because there's been these last few entries where it's been kind of hit or miss with this and the fact that we see in other shows, and especially in a lot of Western shows now where mm-hmm. you have female characters that are just not the eye candy. Um, you know, they actually play, you know, it, like um, like Dolo said, if you search and replace their name with a man's name and, and didn't see them, they'd just be like a, just one of the grunts. Is that something that would happen to you? I, when I when I got into Gundam, I didn't really notice it all that much. But in my in my older years, and after definitely after watching uh, Age, it, it's becoming it's beginning to bother me that women mm. don't um, don't don't seem to matter in a lot of these shows. And um, I, I know we've been asking for for a female led Gundam series, and I know that's not going to happen. But if I you know was able to to fund a Gundam series, a I'd get a female showrunner. First off, and I would I would definitely demand a female lead. You can definitely have male leads too, and, and and them being there and whatnot. But I think it's about time we get more 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 uh, better written roles for female characters in the Gundam series. Because honestly, I, I, if, if if there was a Japanese equivalent to Joss Whedon, <laughs> that's the person I would love to, to to do that because he writes female characters pretty well, and I would love to see kind of the equivalent of his work um, in in at least one Gundam series. Um, I, I, Turn a Gundam. Now that you bring that up, is a very good is a very good uh, a, a example of uh, Tamino writing pretty well balanced female characters. I didn't even think yeah. of that show until you brought that up. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I would love to see something that, that exceeds Turn a Gundam when it comes to having uh, strong female leads and and characters that don't revolve around the main dude if it's got to be a main dude i want a character i want a female character with they don't have to fall in love with them like you can you you can have they can be them they can be the part of the squadron but they don't need to fall in love with them yeah i I want to yeah i want want you want the relationship to be more platonic than anything it it doesn't even have to be platonic but i want her to have her own mind and i like i like him to follow the the allison bechdel um rule where you can have a female character that's not obsessed with the guy who's actually obsessed with her own struggles and 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 dealing with her own problems and and has to confront her own demons and it doesn't involve um falling in love with the dude you know it it, yeah. it doesn't need to that doesn't always have to be the fallback and i i hope they have a a, a three-dimensional character in the next original gundam series if that uh, if we get to see one <laughs> i want the yeah i want the level of equality that and we've talked about the show before at nauseum but again i want to emphasize it pat labor is the best yes. one yeah. Pat yeah. Labor is the best one that I've seen where we've actually had that in any mega show or shows right. in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I think uh, Tamino, you know, Tamino does, he has some awkward stuff with relationships, but, you know, turn A, he hit it out of the park with just gender equality. And I think in, in some of the later um, incarnations of the UCs that he did, like we said, victory. But then again, too, part of it is because. I think he understood the world that he was creating where 
you know, when in Victory Gundam, there's been what three or four wars by that point. Mm-hmm. Most of the men are dead. I mean, men are men are being outnumbered by women uh, <laughs> in in uh, you know in the the UC universe because. You know, remember in, in Zeta where it was like you see a lot more women around there only because they needed people manning stuff. They just yep. didn't have anybody to do anything. But, yeah, okay. And and I'd have to agree with you guys. I think uh, something with age where you just had just female characters there because we need the cute lolly or we just need the eye candy for, you know, and it's just because they look cute in the uniform. It's just not, I mean, it, it really did hurt me. I mean, I, I'd have to say that, um, the age kind of made me rethink my, my, uh, fandom when it comes to Gundam and the fact of I'll, you know, it's not going to make me not a fan, but it would make me apprehensive for new entries, especially if I'm seeing them where they might look like, um, you know, it, it might be similar to like an age or, or a destiny where it seems like, okay, we're going to have, we're going to have mixed characters, but it seems like these female characters really aren't going to be more than just, you know, female characters it, just for the sake of female characters. So, but, um, okay, well, that was good. And probably my last thing here that I kind of wanted to get out of this, are there any franchises that you currently like and you, and you can stretch this off across of anything that uh you're kind of like vent noir where maybe the last um the last installment just hasn't uh tickled your fancy or there's some issues that you've had whether it maybe some long-standing issues of um you know what's going on there and uh that that maybe you're being kind of apprehensive about the next time it comes out so dolo anything you can think of at this point I can mention a few video games. I know you'll mention okay. you'll probably mention one, but I'll stay off that and I'll no, call on can, that. But but I, I but I, I'm going to talk about the Legend yep. of Zelda series and intent just in Nintendo in general, basically, which is <laughs> well, I'm sorry, it, it has to be said. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I it comes down to the and, and Zelda and Zelda for me is. Uh, I will say this: I, for me, it's become a guilty pleasure to like it mm-hmm. because every time I see it, it's a great series and all. And I like fantasy, and I like uh, and I like that series. But it gets to a point; it's like you know, I've seen this all the time. It, it really doesn't really. It's always the same thing. It's basically just the same. Zelda Link goes out, saves the day, tries to save Princess Zelda from Ganon. The last one was sort of different, but I'm pretty sure that in the next incarnation, they're just going to go back to the same old style of just saving saving princess zelda from ganon and again everybody's already excited about the new legend of zelda link to the past too and i just say i've already seen this generation before it was already in the snes era and i just really don't see it really happening for me for zelda simply because it seems like they're just trying to get the nostalgic uh, feeling for me so and i just don't feel that these days and nintendo in general for me i'm kind of apprehensive about their whole thing if only because a lot of their ip are just stale to me and there's not very much into a lot of new stuff because wow. because as i've said before Dolo, man sitting here uh <laughs> wow you're, you're gonna get the, you're gonna catch the wrath of the nintendo fanboys because oh, oh, i know i get it i know i get it when i've said that i honestly believe that nintendo will probably put itself out of a business 
or get bought out because of the the Wii U. Because I just because uh, I'm this I'm of the same opinion of you. It's like okay, they've just gone to the well one too many times. Well, and, it comes down to yeah. two quotes that I've always heard, and I agree with them. Uh, there's always a Zelda and a Mario always in production at any given time. So mm-hmm. there's always so we always know those games are in production at any given time. And number two, Nintendo is always willing to innovate with their hardware, but never with their software or their games. So it's always the same game. So at that point, what's the point? So I'm Ooh. just I'll, I'll pass it off to Sobro. Oh man, I can, hatred! I can... <laughs> that that hatred's going to be coming out. <laughs> uh, bring it's it on! I've been this pretty well. I'm pretty sure if anybody who was on the uh, on the Facebook group have uh, know my stance, so <laughs> uh, I'll pass it. I'll pass it over to Sobro. Sobro well, yeah, I, got, I got a question for you, Dollar. What about Sonic, man? What's been uh, going on with him, man? What's going on? When was the last when was the last time we had a new Sonic game? Hey, I'm no, I'm just saying it's like when what was the last Sonic game we had and uh was it a good one? It was uh oh it, it was, was gener- it was generations, right? It was Sonic Generations. It yeah. was basically the reset button. The yeah. thing is about Sonic uh, about Sonic and what Sega did with him currently right now, it's been two years since we've had Sonic. It's mm-hmm. been a full two years since we've had a Sonic game. So at right. this point, if a new Sonic game come out, I'd be excited for it because I haven't seen one in a little while. Right. Yes, Sonic went through a bad phase. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to deny that. We've talked about that in the Sega podcast, oh, so, so I won't talk about that. But again, with Sonic, it was basically the reset button. The next one could be good. The next one could be bad. We don't know. But the pro- but the thing is, they let Sega let Sonic rest up for a little bit. And so when the new one comes up, I'll be excited because I haven't seen one in a little while. And that's really what I'm trying to get at with a lot of these video games that – I think companies need to pull back a little bit and start and give us a little break from these franchises because they're starting to get put us on a yearly thing, and I don't feel compelled to buy a new game every year, at least of the same franchise. If it, especially if it doesn't do something new, but that's my that's a different stuff. topic for a different day. So, Solbro, <laughs> is there anything that um, that like what Vent Noir has uh, talked about here, where if it, it's just kind of the same old thing, and if they uh, continue to do it, you're just gonna you might start losing interest in the franchise for the future of the franchise that's a tough question because a lot of things i um a lot of things i did feel about that way have been rebooted or have come back pretty strong um i was uh i was felt like that about star trek um in uh, a few years back until the the abrams reboot boot um because uh, i wasn't really feeling enterprise all that much i did enjoy the show on some level but it it, it I hadn't really been engaged since D Space Nine, so you know, with it, and Voyager came along and you know messed that up for me. Um, oh, I, you did like Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chakotay. Oh, face is on stun. Oh my Captain god, Captain Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> It's funny because when that show came out, I, I noticed a lot of the show sci-fi shows at the time. Every female character pretty much went for the uh, <laughs> the Catherine Catherine Janeway uh, <laughs> hairstyle, where it's all up in the uh, all up in the air. All that bun. <laughs> yeah, look at look at Starship Troopers and tell me that's not Captain Janeway hairstyles all oh, over the yeah, place. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, military hairstyle. Yeah, I, I did feel that about, way about Star Trek a few years back, and then um, I uh, thanks to the the Abrams reboot, I, I'm 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 back into it now. I'm going back and you say out. that now, but you haven't seen Wrath oh, of Not Con. Wrath of Not Con. 
<laughs> I guess only time will tell if it, if that happens to kill my fervor. But uh, outside of that, no. I mean, um, what about Gundam? Are you, you, Gundam, you I earlier you had mentioned that you're kind of with Ben Noir. This, yeah, if we're with this thing with the female characters and age, it's kind of. I'm tired of the same old. Um, and 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 that's why I love Double O so much because Double O was such a uh, a departure from a lot of the same old. They they changed a lot of the uh the the beats you get in the story um in Double O, and I thought that was fantastic. And I thought that you know okay everybody's gonna start taking chances like this. And then Gundam Age, I know its purpose was to reintroduce Gundam to a younger set, but um yeah man it just it dropped the ball man. I expected some originality to be involved, and it wasn't there. So um I, I don't know. I mean I still I think for the most part Gundam has been entertaining and fun to me and and exciting and even with um a unicorn which of course is the last thing they've put out I, i'm thinking it's going in a great direction so i still have hope but um when it comes to another tv series i'm hoping it's just put into the right hands of someone who can just drive it to a a a, a great place and and not someone who's just looking to just give us bullshit stories and t- take our characters nowhere and give us a bullshit ending <laughs> that's that's the last thing i want to see i want to see a well-crafted story and um i'm hoping that we'll get that with the next series but gundam i, I guess i'm a little up in the air about um i still love gundam and uh for the most part we still have many, many things to talk about with all the previous gundam series but i just hope this next generation that's that's show running the franchise doesn't run it into the ground yeah, and and I have to agree with you guys too. I mean, I'm I'm kind of good, you know, especially on the on the video game thing. I I, I agree with um, you know uh, Dolo. I think we're starting to have a little bit too much, and it is becoming annual. Um, you know, I used to play Madden a lot, but I used to do it for money, and plus, it's Madden. I mean, it's it's a sports game, so the rosters are going to change. Things are always going to change. It, <laughs> It, that's something that should be, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like, you know, something that I'd like to see them maybe start doing is uh, Resident Evil. I think needs a, a little bit, especially after six. But I think part of that, too, is because it had Leon in it. So, I mean. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not the only dude that likes Leon. Shit. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think you. at this point you might be. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh yeah i'd have to i'd have to i'd have to kind of agree with that but yeah it it stinks and i, I think this is just something that we're going to have to kind of um you know it, it's probably a fear on everybody's uh, aspect is um you know um and i think it's okay in the end too that if there is something that maybe you liked and it starts going into a direction that you don't like well you still have the old stuff so you know, and I, I think it's okay that, you know, there comes a point where you just stop watching, you know, so, but, um, all right. Well, that was kind of our take on this. I think it was kind of an interesting thing that, uh, we talked about guys, anything before we move on? Uh, don't, don't buy Nintendo products. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> Damn. No. <laughs> you are going to be, wow. What is that? Dolomhq at gmail.com? Yeah, send everything there because. Um, like I said, I'm just kidding. It's like if you want to buy an Nintendo product, that's your own business. If you just want to waste what your money, it's okay, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm just, hey, it's your money. Uh, just don't complain to me if you go, if you get angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now this is going in a direction that we don't want to go into. But um, yes. Yeah, so thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for um, actually stepping up and 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 uh, denoting one of your fears, and it actually ended up being a pretty good discussion. So uh, we thank you for that, and um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Mm-hmm. 
people from your world have so much to lose. Now you think, because your mommy and your daddy got shot, you know about the ugly side of life, but you don't. You've never tasted desperate. You're, uh, you're Bruce Wayne, the Prince of Gotham. You'd have to go a thousand miles to meet someone who didn't know your name. So don't, don't come down here with your anger, trying to prove something to yourself. This is a world you never understand, and you always fear what you don't understand. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I thought they smelled bad on the outside on upcoming superhero movies. Scott, I'm going to punch you in the face. Why? (laughs) Because there is another movie that we must discuss. Oh, what's that? Man of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel. Okay. There's someone to say that. Here's my thoughts on Man of Steel. It's Zack Snyder directing Kryptonian on Kryptonian violence. And as much as I'm annoyed that they're recycling a Superman villain we've already seen on screen, and that there are plenty of Superman villains we could talk about... But he was the best Superman villain. This is going to be the best Dragon Ball Z movie ever. (laughs) I have no frame of reference for for Dragon Ball Z. Please check our website at From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. Something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. Gundam! Everybody to Gundam at MAHQ. Thus ends episode 123, where we talked about uh, in our first segment. Um, Dalo sat down uh, with a return interview with Stephanie Shea, and they rapped about um, a recent Kickstarter that is going to fund a web series by the name of Hollow Ship. Uh, if you go to Twitter and um, follow at Hollow Ship, and, and that's spelled H O L L O W S H I P. You can go there and follow them and um, get all the links for, for the Kickstarter and whatnot from that um, 
from the links that are presented there. And um, in the second segment, we talked about uh, fear. It's fear. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great way of doing it. Yes. Yeah. Fear. Sponsored sponsored by the Scarecrow. With the Batman. As a talent for disruption. There you go. Uh, and uh, and some of the things that we're fearful of and, and, uh, and things that we... Uh, and brought to us by an Australian. Yes, indeed. Uh, of course, the fear mongers themselves. Vent Noir had everything to do with that. Nice. That's a knife. We thank him for his submission when it comes to that, but it also it also transitions to uh, several other topics. But fear always at the core of the discussion. Yes. Before we close out this episode, uh, we have a little bit of uh, catching up to do with the Hopers and Dreamers corner. And since Chris isn't here, we normally do the mailbag at this part of the this part of the show, but um, we don't do the mailbag when Chris is not here because uh, he's the postmaster general, so the mail don't get delivered until he's here on the show. So hold that and. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we're gonna be we're gonna be rocking some hopes and dreams. Uh oh. And uh, the first one is none other from Zeon Silverstar. And I gotta say that um, if you guys want to submit any hopes and dreams that you have, head on over to mechatalk.net, click on the Gundam forum, and you'll find the link for the Hopers and Dreamers corner with SBR there. And uh, many thanks to Zeon Silverstar for this submission. He writes. I've got another one, and although this may be sorry, this may be stretching it, I'd love to see F91 get proper treatment, be it in the form of a series, an OVA, or about three movies. I don't think this is asking too much since it was originally going to be a series. Um, you raise a good point, Zeon Silverstar. Um, it was originally supposed to be a series, and I do know that a lot of the ideas that Tomino had for uh, F91 actually carried over into Victory Gundam. So, um, although uh, I think it's still a pretty good idea of doing that, I, I don't know exactly how much originality would be brought to the table for an F91 series, being that he did uh, utilize some of those ideas in um, in Victory Gundam. But um, I'm going to go ahead and toss this uh, this this, <laughs> this hope dream to, to the to the wolves here, uh, Neo and Dalo, and uh, what do you guys have to think about this? Yeah, I uh, uh, I always get this proper treatment. It got what it got. I mean. <laughs> And also, it's not going to happen. Get a treatment. Yeah, it's, it, and it, I mean, it was, yes, it was originally a series. Then it was put down to a movie. It's been, what, when was F91? Early 90s? Early 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been this long. And we've, the only thing you see has been other things. So uh, Dream Crush denied, thrown into the sun. <laughs> It's never going to happen. At this and it point, is asking been... too much. He said it was asking too much. It is asking too much. It's Dolo. not going to happen. It's yeah. just not going to happen. It's like it's been so many years. They've done different stuff. And it's like Chris has always said, it's Xeon. It's non-Xeon. It doesn't sell. At this point, it's all about the Xeons, okay? Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's a harsh but, reality, fellas. But it, and, and you have to remember, why would you want to get rid of uh, why would you want to recant F91 movie? Because it gave us such great things as, hey, you're Arthur. You, 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 can, you can get up from this even though it uh, is broken. Or, or, uh, or mom with baby getting doinked in the head with shell casing. Or, or, my, or my favorite, the most incompetent sniper of, of all. Not, he's, he's not Jason Bourne. <laughs> or, or Go-Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Far from Go-Go 13. Yeah, I've got. A, I, I got. Yeah, you know, I got this assignment to kill this guy called Iron Mask. Where are you going to shoot him? I'm going to shoot him in the head, like I always do. Gogo would have gone in there with a high powered rifle with an armor with armor piercing. Gogo would have shot him in the neck. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, he would have shot him in the he would have shot him in the in the face and told and told the guy that he just killed, saying, "This is how you do it." <laughs> he, he, no, he, 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 uh, he would have first probably uh, slept with Barra, and then he would have shot. <laughs> nice, nice. The Duke Togo game plan. Yeah. So yes, who is this person? Zeon Silverstar. Your mm-hmm. post been denied. Man, every every time we read one of these, it's like a a, a mini roast. <laughs> We should probably do this for a call-in segment. Goddamn, that's the roast of its listeners. Nice. We're, the, <laughs> we're, the only, we're the only podcast that attacks its own people. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you, Zion Superstar, for submitting that. And um, <laughs> we'll move on to the next submission from none other than Jay Huddle. And it, what he writes is pretty short. He says, I want to see an English dub of Double Zeta Gundam and Turn X Gundam. Now I should I should add that uh, Neo was quick to uh, quick to correct him. He says a dub of Turn X Gundam. You mean Turn A for that hopes and for that hope and dream denied and possible yes. banning from Mega Talk. Your decision, Lord Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that that right there is enough. Yes, it's Turn yes. A Gundam. Move, moving on. Yeah, exactly. And the only other thing I would put on this is I forget what it is, but you may want to email Chris. Ask him. There was an interview by somebody in Robert Napton, I believe. Yeah, that was part of Bandai. So if you want to know why there's no English dub of these other Gundams and why Gundam wasn't um, done better in America, then uh, go to that. Go to that one. I'll refer to the ANN cast for the end of Bandai. Go listen to that and you'll you'll understand the full relationship of of Gundam and Bandai Entertainment stance in the American market and where Japan stood. So. I encourage everybody to go see that, including Solbro. Robert Napton eloquently crushes and ho- crushes hopes and dreams with that whole discussion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. And with his own hopes and dreams crushed, he's just he's just sharing the love. Well, not only that, he he he, he breaks into something that a lot of people um, don't that especially are on the internet now don't realize it's out there called the real world. Oh, like, yeah. this is reality. Yeah, the guy is a realist. To say mm-hmm. the well, least. he he lived it, so yeah, he knows what the hell he knows exactly what happened there. So. Star Blazers Mountain. Woo! Yeah. Star Blazers Mountain. Hashtag Star Blazers Mountain. Hashtag. You don't. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, next up is uh, our own Destiny Gundam, man. It's been a while. And, and thank you, Jay Huddle, for that submission. Um, Destiny Gundam is next, and uh, he writes, I want an anime adaptation of the original Muv Love trilogy with a decent budget, and I get to review it. Also, a Revel Tech Fubuki. I have no idea what the hell that is. Neither <laughs> do I. I haven't even... Well, I'm not... I'll put it to you this way. Because he wants to do... Because it make him happy, it's definitely denied. <laughs> Destiny Gundam should always wither in pain. Him and oh, him and Chad, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, unless, unless it actually did well enough to actually uh, merit it, I don't think so. If they didn't do it the first time around, why would they do it the second time around? There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. It's it's been said. Um, I thought Muv Love was an entertaining series. Um, I, I guess the original trilogy based on the games. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, if the if the TV show was popular, it might happen. But I don't. I haven't heard anything 
as of yet. So who knows? And I think the latest game got de- got delayed too. Ooh. Oh, that's not a good sign. But a lot of games are delayed as of recently. So <laughs> yeah, but it's a visual novel, isn't it? It, it is, but I mean, still. They, they... How does a visual novel get delayed? Well, you become a programmer and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have to remember the yeah, the video game industry is always in downsizing. So <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the way. It's the one industry that's always downsizing. So. <laughs> Man, but thank you, Destiny Gundam, for that submission. Uh, next up is uh, um, uh, a submission from Silver August, Silver underscore August. And uh, he writes, I just hope for all the negative stuff floating around about age to get in the way of the AGHG line because I would love to own a model of the O Custom and the Kronos. Uh, but honestly, if you made me pick one, I'd go with the Custom. Well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Switches, basically... As we all know, age in, in Japan wasn't that successful, mm-hmm. and the TV show is supposed to make is supposed to sell the model kits. So, if the show wasn't popular, why do you think the model kits or the HD or the age line would be popular? Tell me um, that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd have to. No, I'd, well, I'd have to disagree on that because I, I think it'd be kind of cool because. Yeah, this is a hope and dream that's not a bad one because there's been times where maybe the show is not doing as well and the models um, uh, do a little bit better. And, and of all of Age's problems, one of the issues was not necessarily all of its mobile suit designs. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it did have some pretty cool stuff in there. So I guess yeah. They, were, yeah, they, were, they were okay, but I don't think they were that amazing. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Outside of the do? Gundams and a few exceptions, they weren't really that great. Well, it, was, it was a mixed bag, I would say. Yeah. It was a pretty mixed bag. But um, Silver August, I hope you get what you're asking for. And uh, thank you for the submission. And uh, lastly, we got uh, our friend Mobius Diablo, man. And um, uh, he just uh, he just adds on to what Destiny Gundam wrote earlier. He says, oh, God, yes, the are better. The Master Grade Quality Models TSFs, please. So um, maybe you guys will get your Fubukis. Or, uh, or whatever models you're asking for in the next, uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, let me let me grab one more because I okay. expected that to be the uh, the last. Um, yeah, we, we we did some we did some rapid fire uh, dream crushing. So. We did indeed. We did indeed. I'll, I'll I'll kick off at the top of page three. And um, K Katsuragi writes, "Is it cool to have a perverted hope and dream posted here?" He writes, uh, and then he writes an edit. He says, "Nothing already then." okay (laughs) no response he says uh tis my hope and dream that japan dropped their policy on censorship you know who you are out there those who agree with me don't be ashamed (laughs) (laughs) okay now you're now you're talking about the now you're talking about your with you're hoping and dreaming that the laws in japan change (laughs) he's talking i guess he's talking about about his pixelation i think pixels man yeah (laughs) That's hilarious. I don't even know what to say on that one. He's going in on those pixels, man. Well, they, you know, I, I've seen some things that didn't have pixels in it, but um, yeah. it, you know, it hey, just what's that? The pixels probably help it. <laughs> it just depends. I've seen things that I'd rather have been pixelated, especially when it came to um, uh, things from the sea. So that <laughs> I think uh, I think Silver knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> On top of that, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing some faces get pixelated in some of these things, but <laughs> yeah, those teeth. But uh, oh, damn! <laughs> Digital grills. Yeah. 
Mouthful of teeth. Oh man, but yeah, oh, that's all we'll say about that. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we should do one more. On that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should do one. I don't know. If that's what we want to. We, we want to end. You want to close it on? All right, no. here we go. Um, and, and thank you, K Cuts of Reggie, for that submission. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's oh the my god, that's the one to end up on. But uh, Silver underscore August writes, uh, "It ain't Mecca, but I'm hoping that for a new Digimon anime that doesn't suck or give up halfway." halfway really that's what they do in digimon animes they just end it halfway i have I, I have not seen a digimon anime since like i think the first the fifth series which was called digimon frontier so mm-hmm. i haven't keep, been keeping up on them but uh if you want to go for uh, if you want to go for a, a digimon anime that's good or doesn't give up halfway just hope for a better writing staff which as we know in japan is kind of a mixed bag as we just <laughs> talked about in the as we talked about in the in the main segment so there you go well we'll say Donald, well said. I think this is actually this one uh, coming up here is the best one to end it on. And okay. thank, you, thank you, Silver August, for um, for that ne- that second submission. Uh, we're gonna end it as it began with Zeon Silverstar, and this time he submits this. All right, Kay, I'll co-sign onto that. I guess he's responding to what Kay said oh, um, uh, earlier. Uh, as for my hopes and dreams, I'd like to see more of the Gundam novels translated into English. This particular hope came about after I finished reading the novelization of Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay, I'm going to just say this right here and now. The only way that's ever going to happen is if you go out and buy Origin from Vertical. You raise a good point. Because that is the only thing printed Gundam that we're even getting here in the States. And that, as we all know, is... Not necessarily, because there was another, what is it, not too long ago, there was a third or fourth printing of, of... the mobile so gundam novels mm-hmm. so i mean yeah. there's still some life in that i think what he's saying is he'd like to see all the novels translated in english Ooh. and once again not all I'd of them say go to <laughs> go to that go to that interview with that former bandai employee <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, damn it yeah <laughs> to see on that because no, I, yeah the only think... the only novel i want to see here in the west translated is gundam unicorn that's my only one i want to read at this oh, point i'll be honest with I you mean, that's I'll probably be... the the only one that you may get that might yeah. be the that may be that may be a, a closer thing to, that might come closer to realization than you probably think that, that might stand an actual chance um <clears throat> i wouldn't love to read things like bill torch's children and 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 other books that have come about throughout the years for Hathaway's flash Hathaway's flash, flash. Since, <laughs> you can since, see you can see him die <laughs> thank god especially right? since the rumors have it that um unicorn might actually hint the last episode of unicorn might hint that a Hathaway's flash ova might be coming who knows i mean that could be bullshit too but um where would you that the internet like everything else on the internet i take it with a grain of salt no but, it's um, all true remember the girl in the all-state commercial <laughs> So it's all true. He's a French oh, model. I, I I take the route of Kevin Butler. You shouldn't believe everything you hear on the internet. Well, you know, I, I'll wait and see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's cheaper to translate a novel than it would be to bring about a manga or anything like that. Um, the question is, um, do Gundam books sell here in the states? And Donald raised a good point. Um, they're going to look at things like um the the novelization of uh the previous uh, reprints of the Mobile Suit Gundam novels and Gundam: The Origin, which is um thankfully a decent seller on Amazon right now but will it hold up will people continue to buy those books if they don't then don't don't I guess don't expect to see any publications of any further uh, Gundam books in the future or at least not on a regular basis but if it does sell well um, then you might have a chance all I can say is put everybody out there whether you're a UC fan or not put your money where your mouth is and go out and pick up the origin um, it's well worth the purchase and um, 
I think that would go a but, long but way. You're, getting you're telling me that I need to spend money for things. I know, ain't that crazy? I, I, I don't like this concept. <laughs> uh, that's a hard relationship right there. It should be for free. Everything should be for free. It's the only vote that matters. And uh, <laughs> if you want to see things come out here, that's the thing to do. I know there's some people out there who would love to argue that fact, but no. Um, when it comes to the almighty dollar, it's the best vote in town. And um, you got to go out there and support the, the products. Otherwise, um, we won't see that. But um, I do appreciate the uh, idea of Zeon Silverstar, and I certainly hope that happens in the future. And, but once um, again, that dream will be hoped uh, it will be crushed when you listen to that interview from the former Bandai employee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you will think twice about this and be like, hmm. So make sure make sure to check that interview out after we you check mean, out this podcast. <laughs> you mean there was a point where Hollywood was coming to Bandai saying we'd like to do a movie about Mobile Suit Gundam and they said no. What? Literally, literally every other studio out there. That's crazy. That's probably the most shocking thing about that whole interview. <laughs> it's like, wow. Everybody really? wanted live action. It's like every friggin' studio came up there asking for it. Wow. To, ba- to Bandai USA, which was kind of w- w- crazy because it's a little tiny uh, company. <laughs> That's a shame that, uh, that, that that they turned down everybody like that. But um, damn. Oh, oh. I, didn't well, know, I didn't know that. Shame, I, I, I can't wait to check this interview out. You better get on it because yeah. it'll change your world, man. Damn, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah, you'll, you'll be – you'll be you, you listen to this interview, you'll be, you'll be jaded. Everything <laughs> – Everything that me and Chris had said for years about this whole thing, actually, it's everything the guy said. And we're not saying it's just that, but, you know, we live in something called the real world and we understand how, like, there's these things called businesses and they're there to make money and things. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. So it sounds like Robert Napton listens to Gundam. I would no, not be surprised. No, he just he just validated everything that we already knew was going on. Nice. So <laughs> that poor guy lived it. So ooh, ooh, man, yeah, I from like I, the ni- yeah. from like the nineties and coming back I- into the anime industry like in the two thousands, I think mid two thousands. So yeah, I think I take it Dolo listened to this too, and, and yeah, I've been quoting. I've it, been telling I've been telling Solboro about it to listen to yeah. it. If 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 you listen to what this guy says, you're just like wow. When the only people that Bandai had to com- had to blame for the su- for the non success of Gundam in America was themselves. Damn, you would be shocked. Well, shout out to ro- I'll be I'll be I'm sure I'll be I'm sure I'll be horrified and and and, and mind blowing at the same time. You'll but um, afterwards, <laughs> you'll be also well, sad about the turn a- when they mentioned turn A and oh, that thing as heartbreak, well. Heartbreak is ahead. But shout out to Robert Napton, man. We salute you. <laughs> so. But uh, that that brings the uh, the Hopers and Dreamers corner to the end. Thank you for everybody who uh, has submitted and um, the ongoing uh, submissions that we have yet to read. Uh, it looks like we've made a little headway. We're actually almost halfway through the uh, submissions now. So uh, we'll cover more in the future. And um, before you're we welcome, clo- you're welcome, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he's happy to hear that we went through a chunk of them without him. So <laughs> it's like, oh, good, it makes my job easier. Hey, you guys, you guys did a great job at killing some hopes and dreams. So there you go, there you go, man. You guys, we're here you, for indeed. But uh, any, uh, any, any last thoughts before we uh, close this episode out, fellas? Uh, I have one, which is I want to give a shout out to somebody who we interviewed on Gundam before, and that's Aaron Fitzgerald, oh. who backed, uh, who was one of the people who's backed up uh, the Hollow Ship Kickstarter. So I wanted to give a shout out to her. 
on Twitter for Aaron Fitzgerald. So, oh. and wow. the other, oh, well, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go. Finish if I up. remember, well, I got an email earlier today, and which reminded me of something. If I remember right, this coming week it's going to be Chris's birthday. Yes, yes, it is, and um, happy birthday to Chris. That might be, uh, I guess, uh, that's one of the reasons why he's over in uh, Smashmanistan. <laughs> Uzbekistan. 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 Yeah. Dennis is buying him real drinks. It's like, hey man, you you you've been going through what I've been going through. You need this. You want to have culture? I'll say culture. Dennis popped in for a few seconds. We're returning back to the field. I and I got one thing too. I think everybody should go out this week to the movie theater. And support this very small independent film called Iron Man Three. Uh, it really needs. It's really going to need the help. And 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 I'm just going to tell you guys, it, it's a it's a good film. Mm-hmm. So don't be you know don't be don't be thinking oh you know it's just some small independent film with um, no budget and no, and and poor actors in it. So it, it, it needs its help. It needs the help to uh, to, to to do well. So. It stars I, a virtual unknown, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I know you've never met seen his work before, but trust me, he's damn good in it. <laughs> it's gonna it definitely needs help at the box office. It's it's mm-hmm. gonna be uh, competing with a lot of other movies that'll probably blow it out of its uh, blow it blow it out of the water here. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it needs all the help it can get. It's only made like what half a one quarter of a billion, so it needs a little <laughs> bit more to get the to make sure it gets more people things. <laughs> he, he, he meant he meant a, a one quarter of a billion Turkish lira, nice. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I know we'll be uh, in the future episode. We'll definitely be reviewing that movie, Maybe. and um, oh man, I wonder how many times it'll take to record it. Uh- <laughs> It's and the most, Iron Man One was the most recorded segment of of uh, Gundam yet. It only existed. <laughs> it only and, it tra- and it transitions podcasts because when on Chaos yeah. Theater, shout out yep. to them, they were having trouble recording that episode as well. The Iron Man curse continues. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an absolute curse. <laughs> So it'll probably if if we do the Iron Man three review and it's it, it doesn't come out till December, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to the Iron Man three review when part four comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> Woo, man. But yeah, um, look forward to that. Uh, I'm certain that we'll have a sometime in the future episode. We'll have a review of uh, Gun of the Origin as well, uh, Volume One. So um, I'm looking forward to talking about that. And uh, any other shout outs or uh, um, last thoughts before we close things out, fellas? Well, uh, channeling Chris, I'm sure he'll say, "I hate you all." Nice, nice. And happy birthday to Chris, by the well, way. That, I hope he, that would yeah. be that would be the general. You're channeling the wrong person. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, make, make sure make sure to wish uh, Chris a happy birthday here on the thread, or um, in some way, shape, or form on Twitter at um, at M A H Q D O T N E T. That's the Twitter for M um, A H Q. And make sure to uh, wish him a happy birthday there, or, or in this thread right here. And I'm sure he would appreciate if you actually sent him gifts. So. Indeed, yes. indeed, man. He does. He does have a wish list on Amazon. Just, Just look up Chris Guanche and see what he lo- see what he has on that wish list, and hook him up, man. We all do. <laughs> I don't have one. Well, damn. Neither do I. You got to get on that. (laughs) Why? Why? Should I just uh, start one up and display it and hope somebody will buy them? Like I said, the wish list is there for for hoping and dreaming. So if you want your your hopes and dreams crushed every day, go ahead and make one. (laughs) I'd rather not. 
I'd rather uh, construct a hate list. There you go. There you go. Now that's the thought. You can list all the things you hate. Yes. And, uh, you can make a wish list of all those things. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Twilight, uh, robots, vampires, zombies. I've never, I, you know, I've, I've never seen Twilight, so I don't, I, I, I don't know what that's all about, and I, I hope I never ever have to see. <laughs> you oh, never, man. you're not missing much, that's for sure. No, I you're don't. not a Twilight, bro. Get out of here. No. <laughs> I kill with the, with, with, with the girl that uh, looks like she's smelling shit all the time. Oh man, oh, got Kristen Stewart. Oh. Got the, uh, she's got what the old. Um, Remember that song back like in the '90s, that hip hop song? She gas got the gas face. Yeah, I second that shit off the bat. <laughs> she so always much. making the gas face, no doubt, no doubt. Man, well that's so, good. All right, awesome. Sounds well, good. Well, when what are the websites? Oh yeah, definitely check these out when you guys have time. Head on over where the magic happens. M A H Q dot net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, make sure you visit Gundam.net, the official website for the Gundam at MAHQ Podcast, and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog. Join in on the conversation at MechaTalk.net, where you can also find official forums for Gundam, where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at About dot me slash gundam there you will find links to us on itunes facebook youtube and our other media facets after listening to gundam the next podcast you should be listening to is chaos theater mahq's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom hosted by the webmaster of mahq himself chris guanche and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the south pedro cortez listen to them at chaos theater.blogspot.com Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own Sobro Ryu and his co-host Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to FightersReady.net where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And I would like to add that um, we've also been up to um, watching, uh, well, I-, I won't go into full detail what we're doing, but if you have time, check out the Shin Station. That's Shinjuku Station's special channel. Um, I can't really go into detail about what we do there, but when you get there, you'll know exactly what we do. Um, if you okay. guys, <laughs> if you guys have time, head on over there. I will say this: we talk about animes, and 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 I, I, I that's all I'll say. It's competing with Gundam. Is this a rival faction? No, no, no. It's, it supports Gundam. It supports Gundam because I always talk about Gundam on these on these streams. They're video streams that um we get on and just talk about off the cuff about certain animes. We also do something else on there, and um you can check this out by going to tinyurl dot com slash shin station that's s-h-i-n station um if you go there then you'll you'll get to see exactly all the uh, all the sessions we've done so far um within the 30-day period because they phase out after 30 days so definitely jump on that and all the upcoming events that we have planned um hashtag hashtag joe bros hashtag joe bros um has been involved in some of these sessions neo's going to be involved in these sessions for those who um enjoyed uh shin uh, sorry shoji ramaro from um flip the script and uh level nine you can um, listen to some of the sessions he and I have had um, on certain things on this channel, and um, I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of it. Follow us there. Um, and also, uh, Level 9 is back. They've been recording sessions. If you guys want to check out uh, the sessions they've been doing, they stream live at twitch.tv slash level 
underscore nine, and that's nine spelt out completely, N-I-N-E. Um, you can check the archives at youtube.com slash Shinjuku Station, and um, Fighters Ready is also um, recording new episodes, and you can find archives on uh, our, our YouTube channels as well. But um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. That's enough, it sounds uh, like. I, we're going to close this out. This, this, again, was episode 123. That's right, one, two, three. And just like that, we're out of here. Thank you for listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Check us out next time. MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Hey, Charles, Charles, let me talk to you. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, Walk me through again what happened this afternoon. You you, you heard screaming. Heard screaming. I meet my McDonald's. I uh, come outside. I see this girl going nuts trying to get out of a house. So I go on the porch. Okay. I go on the porch, and she says, "Help me get out." I've been I'm, I've been in here a long time. So you know, I figured it's a, a domestic violence dispute. So I open the door, and we can't get in that way because how the door is, it's so much that the body can't fit through only your hand. So we kick, kick the bottom, and she comes out with the little girl, and she says, "Call 911." My name was Amanda Berry. Now, did you know who that was when you when she said that? When she told me, it didn't register until I got the call in 911. And then I'm like, I'm calling the 911 for Amanda Berry? I thought this girl was dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and she got on the phone and she said, yes, this is me. And the detective, Gregory Cook, says, Charles, do you know who you rescued? And when did you see, when did you see Gina? So, About five minutes after the police got here. See, the girl Amanda told the police, I ain't just the only ones. It's some more girls up in that house. So they went up there you know 30 40 deep and when they came out was just astonishing because i thought they were gonna come up with nothing i figured i mean whoever she was and like i say my neighbor uh, you you got you got some big testicles to pull this off bro because we see this dude every day i mean every day how long have you lived here i've been here a year okay you should come up from i barbecue with with this dude we eat ribs and and whatnot and listen to salsa music you should come up from and you had no indication that there was anything going on bro not a clue that that girl w- was in that house or anybody else was in there against their will because how he is is I just, he just comes out to his backyard plays with the dogs tinker with his cars and motorcycles goes back in the house so he's somebody that you look and you look away because he's not doing nothing but the, the average stuff you see what I'm saying yeah. nothing exciting about him well until the day <laughs> what, was, what was the reaction on the girls faces I can't imagine to see the sunlight to be Bro, around people. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms something is wrong here 
Dead giveaway. Dead Charles, giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. Thank you very much for your time. And either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. Charles, thank, thank you for being there, man. Charles Ramsey, neighbor, heard the screaming.